0: See quite a while. I was
1: down the hole just passing time. Last time we met was a low lit room. We was close together, so right around
2: Hello there. You are listening to the quarter to three movie podcast for this is the end. My name is Tom Chick,
1: and I am here
2: with you this week
1: with Christian Dolarsky. Um, it's Christian Delarski playing Christian Dolarsky.
2: <laughs> and with a This Is The End tagline Kelly Wand.
3: Metamarawakalypse. Can you say that five times fast, Kelly Wand? Metamarawakalypse.
1: you <laughs> <Dude> from Hasbro. <laughs>
3: My walkalypse. My walk-alypse. Uh
2: Before My we start, uh, Dingus, it's your turn this week to make a case for the fact that Dwayne Johnson is a better actor than Harrison Ford.
1: Go. <laughs> All right, here's how I would make a case for Dwayne Johnson being a better actor than Harrison Ford. That uh, I believe that Dwayne Johnson would say, easy, you call that easy, with more emotion than Harrison Ford says it. Man, it
2: would be hard to do it with less. That's <laughs> true. So you have a point, Dingus. Well played, Kelly. Wand, it's your turn next week. Uh, all right. So, uh, any any trailers? Dingus, ha- does the trailer for Anchorman Two is it any better when you see it a second time? Does any of the do you, do you get any extra nuance or anything?
1: Hey, fat face.
2: <laughs> Why does he even say that? I, I'm going to hey. need a director's commentary for the trailer to understand some of the references in it.
3: You, stick you just keep watching that trailer every week, and you won't watch other
1: trailers. It's well, they so f- it's so freaking painful.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's so few trailers I can watch. Um, and you the watch ones- the ones
3: you don't care about, right? right.
2: But then, I, you know what? I actually saw a trailer for a movie uh, this week that I I think I want to see. Like like genuinely, not ironically. Like Grown Ups 2, I've no desire to see that. But man, <laughs> do I love how,
3: how awful that trailer is. Old stats on your Grown Ups. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, Tom just dropped a bombshell. <laughs> did you do the podcast last night, guys? Kevin <laughs> James, you're on notice. <laughs> Kelly Wan does not appeal to Tom anymore. <laughs> Except did, this you, one.
2: did you see the trailer Kelly Wan, for? It, I think it's called We're the Millers. We're the Millers. Yeah, yeah. Or I, it did, I, I want to see, want to
3: see, it. see that. Yeah. Yeah. does a strip tease to get him not shot by drug lords. I am totally into that. And, and Sidakis, host Olivia, Olivia
1: Wilde. It's hour too long. Uh, what? what it's going to be about? half an hour too long. Every comedy is half an hour too long. But that was going to be as well. It's going to have Genius. a You're
3: hanging the messenger. I'm going to you guys
1: are like, you're totally stupid. <laughs> so,
2: Kelly Wan, when we, we will be seen. <laughs> We'll yes. be seeing This is the Millers for the podcast this summer, and Dingus won't, have, he won't be able to do anything about it. He'll have to see this movie in what which Jennifer the, Aniston does the striptease. Yeah.
3: What was the married couple with Sarah Jessica Parker?
2: That's what Dingus brought up. That's like, hey, did you see what happened with the Hendersons when they went to Montana for the Witness Protection Program? I thought <laughs> the Hendersons were Bigfoot. Oh, you're right. That's me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was did the. Did you hear Nelson's? what happened to
3: the Nelsons or something?
2: Something like that. Yeah. And I've actually seen that movie. Um so <laughs> you made it sound good, like
3: everyone does, makes a terrible comedy sound great.
2: Usually. I could maybe make admission sound good, maybe. Is that, that the sequel to Audition?
3: It's <laughs> a <laughs> <laughs> very good Emission. <laughs> Wait, go back to Meet the Millers and why Dingus hates it. Yeah, Dingus, why do you hate it? Because we you just, think it's going to be
2: too long, you think you have saw all the good jokes awesome. in the trailer, or what? <laughs> right, right.
1: Yes, I think I have saw all of them. I, I, <laughs> yeah. This is like going to be horrible. Okay. <sighs> okay. okay, we'll get into this later. While we yeah, right. we'll get into it for the podcast for
2: Meet the Harrison or whatever. Now, Meet the Miller. we are the Millers? Whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, all yeah, right, so. Let's move on from trailers. Let's get to the main event this week. We saw – well, Dingus, what did we see this week? Because it's not a new release.
1: No, it is not. This week we saw This is the End, Mm. which was released a few weeks ago, actually. Um, It's a 2013 apocalyptic comedy fantasy movie about a housewarming at James Franco's house. (laughs) It was written and directed by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg and stars Jay Baruchel. Craig Robinson Jonah Hill and a whole boatload of other people mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I tell you all of them that I'm kind of ruining one of the things that I get it housewarming because hey. exactly see uh, this is the end is rated R I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys knew that going in for crude and sexual content throughout <laughs> brief graphic nudity. <laughs> Pervasive Whoa, whoa, whoa! Language.
3: Wait, wait, wait! What? Really? Is that what I'm
1: thinking? Yes, graphic nudity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. Continue. Sorry. Hey, Kelly, it's sipping time. You Kelly? Something? You want you want to sip? You want to sip, Kelly? Drug use and some violence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. So throughout. rated R. All you need to know really is straight R. So don't take the kids to this or Lone Ranger. If you're wondering, do not take your kids to either one of those. Why not Lone Ranger, Dingus? What's, the, yeah, what's your say, objection
2: to
3: that? Yeah. an arts short.
1: I've I've heard definitively not to do that.
3: Maybe yeah. I want to learn history.
1: Maybe you do. Then you should uh, take your kids to see. Um, <laughs> <keyboard>. <laughs> oh that's why. And,
3: yeah,
1: and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter.
2: Uh, and the reader take them to see the reader as well There's, there's history in that uh, so uh this is the in opened opposite superman so you can kind of guess how that went uh it did make number 2 though for its opening weekend it it had a nice uh, i'm sure of, against superman against superman it it made 20 million to superman's 120 million um <laughs> Two of the uh,
3: three digits were the same.
2: <laughs> uh, on Metacritic, which is the average rating from various reviews, This is the End is at 67. On Rotten Tomatoes, which gives you the percentage of reviews that are positive, This is the End is at 16% posi- uh, negative. Haha, see, I did a little inversion there. It's math. Uh, it's at 84%. Uh-huh. Yeah. So 16% of the reviews basically said, no, don't bother. 84% of them were like, yeah, thumbs up. We like it. They gave it (laughs) the the fresh, the fresh. They're like, no, don't bother. Um, Before we find out where we on this podcast fall, uh, because I've actually one of the reasons I really wanted to see this is I've heard various things uh, stated in very declarative, strongly held opinions. Like, it's awesome or it's awful, I've variously heard. Two letters
3: Uh, the same, just like the box office suit for me.
2: Exactly, Kelly Wan, very astute of you. I'm glad you noticed that. Uh, And because you're paying attention to letters, Kelly Wan, that now makes me want to hear from you something with a lot of letters in it that I'm going to guess is called an endopsis. Uh, Actually, no, uh, that sounds like a medical procedure. Endopsis. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's a. It sounds like something where you couldn't eat for 24 hours beforehand, and you'd have to drink this bottle of laxative the night before. So, I do that every <laughs> night. But well, what are you going to call what you were delivering to us now, if not an endopsis?
3: I would have called it a lone ropsis. Um, I didn't get a chance to see Lone Ranger because I was masturbating, but Z-Bone did, and he snail mailed me, the email he wrote, he yeah. reviewed. Yeah, what did you have to say? Was it
2: was this was this anything related to any reviews I'd written or anything, or was I referencing I,
3: it? I I, I, didn't, I only had time to skim it. I don't really. Uh, <laughs> what did? I, I time to read much anymore. Um, he writes, and I apologize for his language. I'm. Okay. This isn't me speaking. It's him. Okay. <laughs> I think it's just more addressed to you.
2: Excuse and it is this specific to Lone Ranger, or this is the yeah. end, or it's just, Okay, okay.
3: That's the one part I skimmed, is that he saw Lone Ranger and reviews it. Okay, good. He also go. dr- he, it's more directed at you, personally. Uh, Dear Faggot... Sorry, I'm not good at doing his voice. I'm not good at doing voices. Dear Faggot and his faggot butt buddies, who probably also suck at video games and life, you... Now, we should
2: point out, by the, the way, that Z-Bone frequents this site... Because he came to the site Quarter to Three, where I'll occasionally do video game reviews. He came there from Metacritic and was apparently upset about something I'd written about a video game. Is that
3: correct? He gets into that, too. Oh, okay, okay. So, I'm sorry. So, go ahead. Dick-bitched, duck-spackled, noob smokers Uh, Fuck you, Chick. I went to a tattoo artist today to get a tattoo right where everybody will see it constantly on my ass that says Tom Chick is a faggot. But I was so pissed off... Just thinking about your stupid dick that I accidentally picked too big a font so the tattoo guy only had room for the words Tom Chick and the letter <laughs> I, which he did upside down accidentally, so now it's just your name on my ass, followed by what looks like an exclamation point. <laughs> he gave me a entire, What? He was <laughs> a comment to make to no,
2: I just wish he was here, that we could hear it in his
3: own voice. <laughs> I can't do voices, I'm just I'm, I'm a writer, shit. I'm not an actor, I can't, voice voices too foreign to mine to do it. <laughs> I can only do that voice I did last week, which wasn't annoying at all. He gave me a tight-ass price break though, yo, how you like that shit, motherfucker. Keep this shit up, I'm gonna get a picture of your face too, cause I's a gangster and you ain't nothing but an East Side Crab Claw Cracker from Harvard, Arkansas. Or wherever the fuck. Bitches, like, you crab walk out of crustacean shit like you pwn the lace. Well,
2: I'm a little surprised about- that Z-Bone knows the word crustacean. <laughs> but I, I, that's good. I mean, he might have some sort of
3: background. Well, I'm just, I'm a lot just of the kids are <laughs> This is scrawled on a postcard. Motherfucker, I've been hating your ass ever since you gave that perfect score to Deus X. What the fuck you call that shit? <laughs> See, his facts are a little scrambled. That's the saddest irony. Oh, yeah, I, that's, that's not quite how I recall that, but I do understand the sentiment that he's getting at. You gave it a three percent. You did what you did on the on the math part of this podcast and went at sixteen, and then they went. They just called it an eighty-four. Wait, I don't remember what happened. You know what? I'll let the men... the. And speak for stuff. Oh, I sorry. you still reading this email. Guess what? Because I still typing, bitch. Boom, yo. Actually, been having a little trouble with my Radeon 850. So if I could score McMaster's digits after I unbanned myself from your gay ass site, that'd be tight. Writing this shit on the night before the 4th of July, whatever date that is, because I'm a motherfucking patriot and this country weren't founded on some principle that bitches like you can just shoot your mouth off anytime they want. I ain't seeing no this is the end until I find out whether your bitch ass liked it. Then if you did, I'm boycotting it. (laughs) Not that I'll know, because I ban myself from your sight. Yeah, bitch, how you like that? You ain't got my game, motherfucker, because y'all don't even know what planet I'm on. So thanks to you, I just saw me a real movie about historical Americans who fucking won the West from my ancestors, bitch. So like I say on this Wednesday, by the time y'all reading this, Lone Range will be the highest grossing movie of all time. <laughs> uh, not just mostly because Tom Chick didn't want to see it. That's just the main reason everybody's going. Everybody's going. Other reasons, because I got friends on the inside of Hollywood. My ex-brother's a cop. Technically, he is security guard, but freelance. Because he don't work for the mad bitch. Unlike some people, he a rebel. Anyway, he's the best motherfucker i ever known. Total cop, just like Lone Ranger. Walkie-talkie and everything. I lost the other one, but the one we have worked fine. <laughs> Static was loud as fuck. Second, we hooked it up to my amplifier. So unlike everyone named Tom Chick, who's famous just for snowballing, motherfucking Barry Boswick, I know a thing or two about what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean... So when i be saying Lone Ranger is the bomb, bitch, I'm saying this is the motherfucking best movie about law enforcement since Logan's run. Johnny Depp's the best fucking Lone Ranger i seen since George Hamilton won in the 80s, where he in Mexico.
2: Does he know that Johnny Depp doesn't play the
3: Lone Ranger? I don't think so. Kelly, I want to
2: send him a note to that effect.
3: Go ahead. I don't know who played the dumbass Indian in this movie. (laughs) I guess he does know. Wait. He's the only thing about it that blew. He reminded me of you he sucked that bad, except I liked his character, though, because as savages go, you know, this bro was fucking noble. Kind of made me rethink some assumptions I've made over the years about the color of people's skin instead of just their orientation. For real, yo. It was also tight as Fort Knoxville, how Lone Ranger went around shooting shit, and how, get it, all his bullets were made of the same stuff as his horse's name. He also wore this mask because his brother was a murder victim and they called his ass the Lone Ranger because he only had one sidekick motherfucker. He's just one motherfucker away from ranging by himself. Aragorn ain't never ranged alone. Even on his worst day, he's still got that stinky-ass hobo and that dryad. So Lone Ranger ain't like Pirates of the Caribbean except that Lone Ranger takes place in the Caribbean and mostly on boats. It's like he's Batman and the Indians Robin, except the Batman was a TV series and radio series. Instead of a <clears throat> instead of a black Batmobile, he's got a white horse, and instead of a Batcave, it's just a cave. Lone Ranger ride the white man, bitch. No oats for his ass. You feel me? This motherfucking movie's got it all—a train. Only thing that sucks about it's that it's really <laughs> too short, but that probably means you'll like it because those are the kind of dicks you're into. Ha ha ha! You just got z-bone, bitch, chafing me recurio. So fuck you, of this shit. Y'all keep on sucking at life. Y'all's like a butthole Smurfer. When you shoot yourself, it's more like sucks aside. I take you to bitch school, but y'all are already valid dickhead Torian. Also, my therapist told me today I might be bisexual, but this changes nothing between us, epithet-wise. Satan's horns, bitch, Zeeb. Uh, Kelly
2: I—if there were ever a movie made, I want—I want, I want Zeebone to be played by Aaron Paul. What do you think of that?
3: No, I'm—I can. I'll work on it, and
2: I'll get the voice down. Oh no, no. Oh, okay, I see. well, we could we do like a. Uh, like that weird Robert Zemeckis thing where we digitize Aaron Paul and we have you do the voice work.
3: He's got to be sick of that shit, bitch, doesn't he? Mm. Aren't they all tired of... Remember when Jean Stapleton couldn't do Edith anymore? She just no. Well,
2: well, you mean because she died?
3: <laughs> no, she quit playing Edith before her death
2: this year. I did not remember that she quit doing that. So she retired from All
3: in the Family. Yeah, they killed her off. What? She died yeah. in the show? <laughs> yeah. And then that was kind of why they called it Archie Bunker's Place, because he was the survivor. Like, they wouldn't have called it her place at the cemetery.
2: He had a Tell you one, there are huge swaths of barrenness when it comes to my
3: television knowledge. I, you a- thought Jesus Bunker was still on television till 2013, till tonight?
2: Uh, no, but I didn't know that she bowed out of the show before it was over.
3: It wasn't a bowing out. I didn't know she
1: died. No, I didn't. Dingus, did you know this about All in the Family? Uh, I had no idea. I don't even know if that was a show. I thought it was called Bunker's Place.
3: <laughs> did you know Meathead's still alive, but he's not on that show anymore? He directed uh, Stand By Me.
2: Isn't that true? Did I, wait, did I screw up? That's true. Wait, hold on. That is true, right?
3: Of course it when is. When he weighed more than Jerry O'Connell. No, wait, when Jerry O'Connell weighed more than him.
1: <laughs> Thanks for ruining my one of my prostitute picks, by the way. Jerry O'Connell's a prostitute Stand by me. that movie. Man, I should see this. All
3: right,
2: well, let's talk uh, – before we get to that, so so Kelly Wand uh, – so because I, I don't envy anyone who has to do a synopsis of This is the End. I presume we're just going to skip that, right? We don't need a synopsis of it, correct? I gave you one for Lone Ranger that I got in the mail from – no, very good. Right. But I didn't know if you also wanted to say any, any plot stuff, if you wanted to explain to us. Actually, then, Kelly-Juan, why don't you just briefly tell us what does happen in This is the End? Dingus has said the, the basics without spoiling anything. Why don't you just run over? It doesn't have to be a breakdown or anything. Just tell us generally what happens in this movie.
3: Some Canadians uh, reunite at LAX mm-hmm. and smoke weed, and they go to the guy's house who was on General Hospital playing part of Franco. And they, some of them get eaten, and some of them don't.
0: Okay, good.
2: And uh, is that an experience that you can relate to in your life, Kelly Wand? <laughs> uh,
3: only if going to Franco's. <laughs> but that was a crazy night. No, I don't know. What I felt the whole movie felt like just I was back in LA, and the movie was just done to entertain. Like, remember you and me. So,
2: Kelly Wand, oh, yes. you would be, if you were on uh, so Metacritic, turning Canadian. Mm-hmm. you would be amongst the 84% of people who are like, yeah, it's a good, you should check it out. I liked it. It was fine. You would be like one of those? I'd give it a 420. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you would. I get that. Uh, all right. So, uh, Kelly Wand is pro because when <laughs> – it sounded like when we decided not to see Lone Ranger this week uh, and – We said, you know what, instead we're going to go see This Is the End, because you had seen This Is the End. I I almost was thinking maybe you were steering us away from that.
3: Away from what?
2: Seeing This Is the End. How? I don't know, by saying sort of lukewarm things or cryptic things about it. And and also, it sounded like you were advocating
1: for Lone Ranger. He did this weird thing where he said, This is the best movie I've seen all year, it's going to be on my list. Based on other movies that have been on my list, which immediately made me think of The Amazing Spider Man, which made me think, are you trolling or not? What's going on over here? No,
3: it's because I wish I'd picked Goon last year for my number one, and this is my chance to pay it back to Jay Baruchel, who's now my favorite screenwriter, I liking This Is the End. Did he? I don't
2: think he wrote. Did he write this? It was no. a. Seth?
1: Yeah. Like, no, it's it's all Seth, it's all Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. I mean, there's there's four screenplay credits for this, and it's the two of them twice. I don't know how that works.
2: Well yeah, one was for a screenplay, and one was for like a story play for, or
1: something. Yeah, or what? for screen story. I mean, it's screen story.
2: <laughs> but
3: I think it's like nine Mon- twenty Python, and they all oh, like but, I think but, Paul Rudd just showed up and.
1: But at the end, then, you also see that it's based on a short. So I'm guessing they all got uh, got together and got high and then used the camera from 27 hours later to make uh, a short movie about something. And then they decided to base a movie on it.
3: 127
1: hours. Oh, <laughs> hold, hold on. Let me get my notepad.
2: Uh, so basically something like we saw their Pineapple Express 2 a little short, like that probably is the original form, something like that for this movie, and then it was expanded out into something with presumably a budget and a lot
1: of their friends. I have total confidence that, that, that that's what's happened. They, they, they right. got together, they got high, they made something stupid, and then they're like, what are we going to do next? Let's take this in. Why not? All right, dude. Dingus, do you feel this is a wise choice <laughs> for
2: uh, for subject matter? Do you think this is a good, a strong foundation for uh, a good movie?
1: I think it it's
2: obviously made money for them.
3: This movie is a huge hit. It's made like seventy million dollars. That's all. Well, it looks like, sounds to me like Dingus is uh, dodging the question, though. Dingus is in a, your highness' apologist, so. No, uh, no, and, I, I, was kind no, of no, and I
1: would I would rather watch Your Highness again than than see this again. I mean, I I, I was amused. I had a fun time watching <laughs> the guests. But, I'm a uh, but it does nothing for me. I don't know. Tell what you know. what, he says he had a fun time watching it. He guesses. It's almost like he's even
2: reluctant to say that.
1: Mm. Well, the, well the, I like these guys. I like the, the lines they say, but it's stupid. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's about
3: filmmaking. It's about the man. It's about um, selling out. It's about friendship. Ah, Dingus. That's right. Rebuttal.
1: It's not about any of that. It's 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 it's, about seismology. Cynically about those things because they're going to keep doing those things and they don't care. They're just fucking around. It's just it's about fucking around and that's fine. Uh, But I don't want to have to sit through it again. I mean, I don't evaluate every movie on whether or not I'm going to watch it again. But I don't ever want to see this movie again. And I'd rather watch Your Highness
3: again than watch this. Uh, It's way better value than Your Highness.
2: Wow, he's totally like like when. When Dingus says it that way, when he says this, it's fine, that's just like – man, that's like such a backhanded comment. That's like slapping it across the mouth.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and he obviously saw something in it that, that, gr- that rubbed him the
1: wrong way. No, I well, well, I, I don't like Danny McBride in this. Uh, he makes ah, – me- I'm, I'm an easy laugh, though. I mean that's no way to gauge I mean, we – ta- we've talked about this. Tom and I have talked this many times. I'm an easy laugh. Uh, so when, when stupid things happen, I'll laugh at them. Uh, and I'm sure I'll laugh again if, uh, I happen upon a clip of this on YouTube or somebody's watching it in the room and I wander into the room and watch it. Uh, so fine. That stuff is, is funny. But I don't like what Danny McBride is doing in this. I'd rather watch him in Your Highness or something else. I don't really care. F- He's the same as the, as he was in Your Highness on this though. There's not that much of a I don't know what the difference is, but, but, uh, as much as I love and and absolutely love Janning Tatum. I get him. I got embarrassed by getting having to see him. What? Oh, up, he loves on his hands and knees. Dingus. Very. I know.
3: Silly, right? I agree.
1: Sorry. Anyway, Tom, why don't you weigh in? Get get us out of this.
2: You're doing fine for me. I don't feel I need to. I just I have nothing to say. I just was so disappointed. I I like these guys as well. This movie just seemed like it. Uh, Dingus called it fucking around. It just, there was so little craft to it. It was just so indulgent. And they, I think, had no consideration <laughs> for whether or not it was a good movie, whether or not it was funny, whether or not it was tonally consistent, for how it looked, for how, you know, whether or not it was gonna try to have these serious messages about friendship. Uh, it, I, I just really disliked this thing a lot. Uh, and I laughed at it. I'm like, Dingus, I mean, I, th- there were parts what? that I found See- funny. Well, it's and because I'm an easy laugh. I mean, I, I laughed at Oceans mm-hmm. 12 and Oceans 13 at certain parts of that as well. But by the time this is over, you know, I had no goodwill for it. I just was like, okay, you guys, that's fine. You got my $10. bucks. i am the sucker. Nice work. Uh,
1: yeah, I, that's, I, I didn't, a, I I, that's a really good way to put it. I feel like a sucker after watching it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it.
3: Oh, you would rather have seen Lone Ranger than The there.
1: No, I don't want to see Lone Ranger either, but those aren't my only choices in life. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, mm. Kelly, Wand here. Uh, <clears> like,
2: I, I, I saw, saw this. this. Mm-hmm. Well, go on. Well, no, no. no. Go, sure. Explain. Well, here's here's the thing: is uh, I, the the parts that I really enjoyed were almost, like I really enjoyed them playing with Michael Sarah's image. Yeah, uh, I really liked. I, I really liked that. But other than that, like, and and I really like watching Seth Rogen. Um, and this, I hesitate to even use this word, but I because it. It doesn't feel like that, but I like watching Seth Rogen work. Um, As an actor, I really find him entertaining. I I love his sort of naturalistic take on things. Um, I, I liked individual elements of stuff, but there was none of the connection that they had in Pineapple Express because Pineapple Express was a movie by David Gordon Green, a guy who knows how to make movies and who's not just going to turn on a camera and tell people to fuck around. David right. Gordon Green creates things, and these guys are just like, hey, let's just fuck around and film it. And I can appreciate that some people might enjoy that, but I would rather watch David Gordon Green take these guys and, and help them create something. Um, and this to me... David Gordon Green did
3: make it. Am I dumb?
2: He what made Pineapple the- Express. I love Pineapple Express. And not this. No, no, this was, this was the creative team behind Green Hornet, Kelly Wand. And they even and by the way they they seem so at a loss at times for what to do that there's all this heavy lamp shading you know they uh-huh. even talk about uh, Green Hornet they even make
3: jokes about Green Hornet you know uh, so I don't but it's Danny McBride doing it see I saw this, okay one girl I saw with loves Danny McBride the other one hates Danny McBride and the hater hated the movie and the lover loved the movie but maybe they just love and hate everything.
2: I think Danny McBride takes a very specific type of movie. Like it has to be – it has to have this certain mean-spirited quality to it, the way Eastbound and Down works, uh, the way Foot Fist Way works. Um, you know, he was really lovable and charming and funny when you first see him in this movie called All the Real Girls, but since then he's created this persona that's very effective Um And it's kind of mean-spirited and nasty, and it just felt weird and out of place here.
3: (laughs) No, Um, he's the cannibal. He's like the Charlton Heston movie kind of villain. Like, that's where his apocalypse –
2: See, Kelly Wan, when you say that, I sort of am like, well, Kelly Wan, I'd like to see you make – because you, if you were to do something like this, I think you would be aware of the material you were riffing on. I don't, I love these kinds of movies and I don't think these guys have any appreciation for it or know how to make a movie about apocalypses. Like I, I am not a big Simon Pegg fan, but one of my favorite things about Shaun of the Dead is that it's clear from Shaun of the Dead that this guy loves zombie movies. And he is gonna goof around in this movie and tell jokes and be funny, but he's also gonna make a really good zombie movie. And these guys I don't think know how to make apocalypse movies. There's no craft to it, you know. They basically just hung out in the house. This was like the Seth Rogen version of that movie, The Divide, that we saw. It's just guys (laughs) hanging around in the house, contriving. these (laughs) – Am I selling you on it? Am I making? No, that's a that's
1: a really great.
3: That's a really great. uh, It was exactly like it, and Danny McBride's the guy.
2: With the extra... Um, I don't want to see them... See, I think that was an accident. Like, I don't want to see the divide I didn't like either, because I think the divide was sort of gross and missed a lot of the points about what makes a good apocalypse story. Uh, I don't think these guys... Xavier Gans didn't know it, and I don't think these
3: guys know it either. That's not supposed to be a flattering comparison. Um. <laughs> no, but it's riffing on how dumb most of those movies are. I don't think that's it not. is riffing, though. are going to make the greatest... What-
2: See, that's where I would disagree with you. I don't think they're riffing. I think they're just fucking around. They're They're having a good time. But I don't think... like, Like, Simon Pegg is clearly riffing on zombie material when he makes Shaun of the Dead. I don't think these guys are riffing on anything. When you try to compare... The villain oh, from a Charlton cute. Heston movie to what Danny McBride is doing. I mean, that looked like they someone told them about the Road Warrior, and so they. It's like a game of telephone where somebody describes Wes, you know, the character from Vernon Wells' character from Road Warrior, and it goes down the line several times through several stoned people, and then however it is at the end is what Danny McBride tries to do. Uh And it's it, I don't I just didn't see much riffing or appreciation for the material there. You know, there's a big crazy demon with a swinging dong that's not what's that riffing on (laughs) no they won they totally castrated right but that's their joke and they think it's funny and that's fine but i don't see it as riffing on anything
3: they're riffing on cg and how dumb cg is well i'll grant them that
2: Uh, and to be fair there was some minor exorcist riffing but i i just don't find let's shoot vomit out of jonah hill's mouth and then tie him to a bed uh, that I, I just don't find that a, a very insightful riff, I, I guess. Um.
3: Uh, so tell I, was, I, I saw this movie. Okay, I saw it with a packed theater, uh-huh. and for me, it's so. And maybe it was just, you know, I might be untrustworthy because it really it was. It felt like my first movie coming back to America uh-huh. after a long stint in the Arctic Circle. But it it just felt so good to like see a comedy with Americans again who laugh at the stupidest shit, even and though they were Canadian.
2: Kelly Wand. Many of
1: them? He means the audience. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> really, Tom? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, sorry, Canadians.
3: I was saying... Thank you, Genghis. Sorry you were needed for that. <laughs> Embarrassing flap. Uh, but it was like... The best comedies I've cited are the ones where you hear like the one person laughing in a different part of the theater every joke. Or not every joke, but like every once in a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so... That was constant for this movie for me. No one laughed at when Craig Robinson said, see you on this side, but I laughed at it. That's my point. That was his
2: line? He said, see you on this side? Yeah,
3: right before his last fight.
2: Yeah, I missed that. That's a good line. See? Uh, That's another one, too. I love Craig Robinson. That guy is... I don't don't really know what it is, but that guy is freaking hilarious, and I loved this one throwaway bit where he's explaining why acting is difficult. Like... (laughs) me, that was the highlight of the movie. And I don't think I'm not sure the movie appreciated what it had with that little moment, but where he's talking about having to be on a cold beach and pretend it's hot and talking about surfing and shit, or whatever it was he said. Just in that in that inimitable Craig Robinson way,
1: I that was
2: my one of my favorite things about the movie. He takes it, he takes it so seriously.
1: Like this is the tragedy of his life. Like you gotta act, you gotta act cold when it's hot. I mean, or hot when it's cold. I mean, (laughs) he's just so serious. I love him so much. That's what
3: the plot of the movie is, though.
1: No, but unfortunately, the the movie doesn't understand the size of its idea. I mean, it might be funny to watch a skit where we have a situation where Jay Baruchel can't get along with uh, Jonah Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. That's not two and a half hours. The skinny guy and the fat guy hate each other. I, I mean that this is a skit. This movie is a skit. It's not a movie. It's a skit. And then they stretch it into a movie and they throw in a bunch of CG. That's if you're gonna make a comment on CG, they make it goofy and do things to it. But they, they're like they're trying so hard and earnest to make demons that look real uh, from Ghostbusters. And, and okay, good, but. You're not making a comment on it, then you're just doing it <laughs> it This movie mm-hmm. is a skit, and I had to watch a skit for that long and you know i just i'm not i don't care about i mean it's it's cute that you guys want to mess around with your vanity and play around with your you know talk about your laugh self rogan and all the thing I don't know what you're doing with that, but you could have done it in twenty minutes on funny or die or or ten minutes or five minutes. It would have been just as effective as this. It, this movie could have been condensed to five minutes and been just as good. With with with, mm-hmm. and you could have had every element, including Hermione. And I think it would have been just as good. And I I don't see anything in this movie that needs to be two hours long. It's not two hours long, is it? It's long. However long it is, it feels however long. It feels longer than it should be, as most comedies do nowadays. That's kind of true. I agree with you that. And the last 20 minutes seemed to drag
3: compared to the first. So. I, I was terrified. I was absolutely
2: terrified that at some point, and specifically when that van side swipes them and the camera moves up and you know, hey, there's someone coming out of the van and their face is going to be a reveal, I was just stone cold terrified it was going to be Will Ferrell. Uh I really thought they would do that to us. I, I was bracing myself for a Will Ferrell appearance. What it if funny. it had
1: been Jason Statham again? I'm glad Channing Tatum shows up because I, I'm i totally nuts about that guy. So he can show up whenever he wants. Me and Channing Tatum show up. I love him. Wait, uh, I thought
3: that was your first gripe that was about Channing
1: Tatum. He said he was embarrassed for him. I was embarrassed for him having to show up because he's really good. I mean, he delivers one line. I love him, and it's the best line in the movie. The way he says it, those three he's lines. Not acting. Exactly. <laughs> That's real. We lost my House
3: <laughs> down to see this movie. Yeah, you're right about the Will Ferrell thing. It could have been Luke Wilson though, too. Uh, I would have been okay with that. Yeah. Uh,
2: I don't. So Kelly, Wan, like you like. Do you, do you lose patience with the Steven Soderbergh? They like Oceans uh, Twelve and Thirteen. Like, are you okay with those? Or because I, I don't really see those. you do what?
3: I don't see those. But I well, I'll well give me another example.
2: Well, it just makes me wonder because those strike me as very similar. They're, they're vanity projects. It's just a bunch of people. They, it seems like they're shooting because they want to have a reason to hang out and get paid to hang out, and they're under the impression sometimes correctly, that America will pay money to sit in a theater and watch them hang out. So I can't help but think that if you enjoyed uh, This Is The End, you would also enjoy Oceans 12 and Oceans 13. And I just find those so tedious and grating uh, for the well, most part.
3: Well, part of it is like this is how – I was only half joking when I said that this it, it felt more authentic to me because it's like when you're, in, when you're in L.A., everyone's talking about their missing cell phone, but there's like sinkholes opening up all around. That's how it's been since I got back. The sinkholes as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's been speaking
1: to me and like a welcome back to the. You know, that you know, Tom, you bringing up Michael, Sarah makes me think. Why? Why is he so great in this? What do well, you think? Yeah, I, I have, I have but what do you think? I mean, I think because that one of the
2: effective jokes is, hey, what if Michael Sarah was a, a coked-out pussyhound? Because uh, he's not. I mean, he seems like a really nice guy. He's playing against type, and it's a joke. You know, everybody else is just playing themselves, and they're not right. really doing anything interesting. But, hey, here's somebody making fun of himself, willing to poke fun at his image, willing to sort of stretch it to a ridiculous extreme, and then everybody else is just being themselves hanging out. Uh, so that's what comes to mind, and also I think Michael Sarah is genuinely – he's a funny guy. I feel that way about Seth Rogen as well, but I i, I think Michael Sarah is pretty hilarious as well. Um, so is that – do you have a different idea? Because that's stuff you loved
1: as well, I could tell. No, no, I, I agree with you. I think the point is that he's playing a character. He, yeah. he doesn't get handed something that says Michael Sarah is Michael Sarah right. I think I don't have to do anything. Right. He, he decides, you know what? And, and maybe this is part of the, what the writers did as well, and then he just was game. But he's playing a character named Michael Sarah, and he's not afraid of that. And the other guys aren't. They're just riffing on their personalities because they don't feel like doing that. And he's, his stuff is the best stuff in the movie. And, and maybe it's unfair because he has the most interesting things to do, but I feel like he's actually playing a character. And, whereas actors, aren't characters. They're actors. And I'm not really interested that much beyond the fact that I like Seth Rogen in hearing him joke about his laugh for two hours or however long. So I liked him the best. I like Michael Cera the best.
2: Yeah, when they actually did the Pineapple Express 2 little short movie and then let us watch it, let, quote, unquote, let us watch it uh i I, that's where i was like oh gee what are you guys doing this is not funny i find this really irritating you're not nearly as funny as you think you're being i am very close now to hating this movie like that right there is where i was i really realized oh god is this what we're in for but they just really thought it was so funny to make jokes about pineapple express too
3: they said they're gonna make a real one and it's gonna be similar to what you saw it. This
2: movie. Well, if they make a real one, I just hope they get David Gordon Green. Because that's the thing. David Gordon Green did with Jonah Hill a movie called The Babysitter. The Babysitter's not that great, but it has, it has some of his filmmaking insights into it, and there's some cool writing in it. Um, you know what? If they want to do a Pineapple Express 2, I would definitely be on board, and I would hope they would get a real director.
3: Mm, I thought David Gordon Green did this movie because I was so big.
2: I don't even think he produced it. I did not see his name anywhere on this thing. Um,
3: but he did Your Highness, right? Yeah.
2: Oh, thanks for reminding me of that, Kelly Wan. So uh, how
3: about that? I'm the most consistent of us, then, Kelly Wan, who did you like better?
2: The demon that they find in the house or Radiation Bear from Chernobyl Diaries?
3: Uh, you mean as a monster or
2: as... Uh, Just as a character that you fondly recall after seeing a movie. Radiation
3: Bear is cuter, but He
2: was, he was pretty awesome. I liked Radiation Bear a lot.
3: Uh, but I think it was just supposed to be Ghostbusters, but then, it, like, like Dingus did say, it's like they didn't really riff on that. It was just like... It, but that's how it was in Ghostbusters, though. Like, wait, is this supposed to be funny? When the dogs chase... I Maybe think they were what, just making fun of that, not uh, knowing. <laughs> uh, you think what? It, I'm
2: sorry. I also didn't... I didn't understand some of their jokes. Why... Is it funny that the Backstreet Boys are in heaven? Because
3: that's the first thing he'd think of.
2: Oh, man, I did not get I still don't get it. Can you explain it to me more?
3: I don't know what the original ending was. (laughs) Uh,
2: So you guys know I do uh, a lot of writing about video games, and I'm always uh, aware when video games show up in movies that it's rarely an accident. You know, there's generally a reason that a certain video game shows up. Uh, did you guys catch the video game in this movie? Uh, it's when they get back from the airport, and he's got the table laid out with the uh, "Welcome to LA" a game. Well, they had they had they had a bunch of marijuana up there. They had. Uh, Wait a minute, Tom. Do you play video games? <laughs>
1: but did you guys catch the video game you might not have because I wondered I caught if- the weed that means you like art by the way I'm just letting you know do <laughs> you go guys- to Subway uh, the video
2: game which they didn't say the name of and I'm surprised because they made a point to stick it up there it's a, it's a shooter for the Playstation 3 called Kill Zone 3 <laughs> now do you have any idea that why that would be up there the third one
3: you yeah. mean yep it's uh, the most recent one Yep. i can't remember what it is because rock star and guitar hero have jumped the shark no
2: close kelly Wan. think more business uh realities so this As is a the club, Columbia. has same week no the game's been out it's out uh a year and a half or so ago uh this is the the studio that distributes this movie is columbia pictures columbia is owned by sony uh, Sony cool. wants, you know, naturally what would be on top of this table would be a copy of Halo or Call of Duty, something like that. Sony wants product placement, so Sony owns the studio that makes Killzone. They're trying to push Killzone as their own Halo or Call of Duty. It's nowhere near as popular. Uh, it's a, it's an embarrassingly irrelevant piece of product placement, uh, and I couldn't help but notice at that moment, hey, they're giving Killzone Three some screen time. They don't actually talk about it. They don't say the name. Uh, I thought it was very clear that uh, Sony was like okay we need screen time this video game has to sit here we're not going to have Halo we're going to have a Call of Duty it has to be one of our properties Um, so just Mm. just a little
3: see then it gets back to source material because then if the whole movie is just a shameless shill for a mediocre video game that makes the whole movie seem lamer but you're always the one who's like it doesn't matter what the book was about and in this case, the book is Kill Zone 3. Oh, so this is based... This is a, a, a
2: film version of the Killzone 3 video game? No, but I'm saying
3: Killzone money paid for <laughs> Satan's dick effects. Ergo, you're on the side of the Nazis. <laughs> is that what that means? According to Meg May and Fox. Yeah. Uh, I, would you know, like to, I would like to check... Science. With... I'd like to check with Z Bone about this. <laughs> I can't. He does it. The writing <laughs> By Killzone three, and it's probably gonna be my favorite video game of the year. What do you think of that? Uh,
2: what what rating would you give it on a scale of one to ten? Four
3: twenty. One, two, three, la. 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 Uh, la. One, two. Three,
2: Uh, Dingus, I I think part of what might be going on here is that we're we're sort of like Kelly Wan is uniquely in tune with some of the subject matter in this movie. (laughs) It might be something that, you know, that might be part of the appeal for him that we
3: don't quite understand.
1: That's true. I mean, it it does spell Kelly with a bunch of K's.
3: I do like getting chained to a bed and being on fire. (laughs) You guys are just dicks. That's what I think is what's going on here.
2: Well, there's that, too, of course. Right, That came out. Alright, so uh, this is the end. We saw that, and now (laughs) let's do a three-by-three. Dingus, what do you have for us?
1: Alright, I've got some prostitutes for you guys. Dingus, why on earth would you pick this? Uh, Because we saw a movie I really, really liked last week called Byzantium, and it had a kick-ass prostitute in it, and it made me think about it. And I looked over the list of all the 3x3s three we've done, and I was surprised that we hadn't talked about this before. So I thought, you know, there's prostitutes in movies. Let's talk about that. Magic Mike's a prostitute. No, Kelly Wand, no. You what haven't seen keeps... it, first
2: of all.
0: Uh-huh.
2: He he's, blamed, he's accusing Magic Mike, Channing Tatum's character from uh, the movie Magic Mike, of being a prostitute. Kelly Wand, there's a difference between being a male dancer and a prostitute.
3: What, the price? <laughs> Right. The, inch,
2: the, the inches. The extent.
3: Male's just a label, man. Uh, by the
2: way, prostitutes strike me as uh, these sort of uniquely like cinematic character occupations right up there with like Hitmen.
1: Right. That's very good. <laughs>
3: uh, Both right. in the movie Hitman
2: with Olga Kurlenko as... And Timothy Oliphant as Agent 47 from the video game, Kelly Wand.
3: Oh, Wait, he's the hitman and the
1: prostitute? <laughs> I love that movie.
2: Really? Tell you what, you are doing next week's 3x3, so why no. don't you start us out, uh, you're introducing it, why don't you start us out with your number three pick for uh, a prostitute in a movie?
3: My number three prostitute in movies is uh, in De Bigelow, not Dece Bigelow, but there's like an old man prostitute, like an will do with a walker named Kaiser, so that would be number three. Okay, I like so that. I had
1: the over-under on it being the first thing he mentioned. Uh, give, me your mu- give me my money. <laughs> Deuce over-under? Bigelow, that's really? extra. <laughs> uh, did you, what? I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't believe you didn't good. save Deuce Bigelow for your number one, but that's awesome that you were at number three. So there's an Deuce- old
3: man prostitute in that. Passion of the Christ says Mary Magdalene. Hey, wait. Whoa, whoa, hey, come whoa. On. That uh, might be uh, one of what mine. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I got excited. Sorry, ma'am. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's my number three. But I didn't pick who you thought I was going to pick. I picked someone else that you didn't care I was going to pick. So. I don't think anybody
2: besides you on this podcast has seen a Deuce Beagolo movie. Beecolo. <laughs> yes.
1: He directed um, Zero Dark Thirty.
3: Uh there's this Bigelow game that came out at the same time as product placement. Kellywan Dingus thinks that that calling something bob wire is not that
2: that's that <laughs> bob- <it's> incorrect <laughs> <laughs> that it's like it's a regional thing. It's how you talk about things like in Arkansas. Bob wire is an actual thing. It's 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 barbed like cat. Like a what? Like a barbed cat. No, nobody <laughs> says that. Kelly. Now Bobby you're just <laughs> yeah, now you're just being dismissive. Barb's your country.
3: uncle. <laughs> Put another shrimp on the Bobby. Right, Tom? I just don't understand saying Bigelow. That just sounds I'm like super Barbie Fisher.
2: Just
1: seems like Bigelow. Bigelow. What's, what's the movie with Bigelow. Tom Hanks? What's the movie where Tom Hanks becomes a little kid? Big. Yeah, Big. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway. I, yeah, if I were to ever meet Catherine Bigelow, I would totally mispronounce
2: her name. I can't help it. It's like saying Windmill, barbed wire... Uh, I pronounce it
3: Cass Ryan
2: yeah. uh, alright so Kelly Wand has chosen Deuce Bigelow uh,
3: Kaiser Deuce Bigelow.
1: Kaiser. Is, is it the European one or is it male gigolo I, I think mean, he's I'd in, in the one he's
3: in the European gig- gigolo
1: you, so you, say, you're well, not sure which movie you're talking
3: about
1: <laughs> or character <laughs> okay, okay, that's my awesome. mystery that's the third but best so, so, sure, the, best so we could them. be talking about usual suspects we don't yeah. know for but, sure
3: I don't brave topics, I refine them.
1: Dun, 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 dun.
3: All right, well, I'm going to refine this topic with
1: uh <laughs> Nicely done. Um, I don't
2: I don't know that you guys Kelly I know Kelly Wan hasn't it? seen this. Dingus, so oh, you have seen this. Uh I I don't generally think that Mila Jovovich is a good actress. I certainly love watching her hey, I'm wait. a big fan of the what? I'm a big fan of the Resident Evil movies. She does what she does well, but she's kind of in that Harrison Ford category where yeah, you know, I like watching her, but she's not a good actress, whatever. Um, however, there's an exception to that. Um, and there's a Michael Winterbottom movie called The Claim, where she – and I'm not exactly sure about the dynamics of this. She runs a brothel, but she is, like, hooked up. But, like, she's the girlfriend of the guy who owns the town, played by Peter Mullen. So I don't mm-hmm. think she's, like, on the docket or whatever you call it when you order a prostitute. She's I don't think- a that. Right. Are madams right. Prostitute, prostitutes? No.
3: Like, they're like den mothers. That's well. like calling uh, but don't you... a nun. Wait, that's a bad.
2: Tell me what. But don't you work first as a prostitute and you work your way up? It's not, not a
3: promotion. No, it's not the same skill set. Although in movies, they usually do that, actually. It's like the old man.
2: Old well, I'm man. pretty sure uh, Mila right. Jovovich's character, Lucia, I'm pretty sure she. the idea is... She was so successful as a prostitute, and she has so much business acumen that she becomes the town's madam. She runs the brothel in the town. Um, but so what I did with my list, prostitutes are – uh Often they're just victims. Um, sometimes they're, you know, when when it's sanitized, like a movie that I don't want to spoil, but the uh, acronym is PW. It might be on one of your lists. Uh, you know, it's glamorized. I wanted to pick things where prostitution wasn't glamorized, but also where the prostitutes weren't just victims. Um, so one of my favorite instances of this is Mila Jovovich's character in a movie called The Claim, where she is hooked up with the guy who runs the town. She runs the brothel. But something happens in the course of the claim where she has a split with him, and she basically picks up her business and moves it to another town and destroys – and the, the end result is basically this town, appropriately called Kingdom Come. Uh, actually – whoa, that sounded gross. I didn't mean that. Whoa, Just, hey, I didn't even hey. think of that. I was thinking like the religious eschatological sense of – I wasn't even thinking. Okay, never mind. Anyway, what she does <laughs> – What's on the menu today? Uh, (laughs) Uh, She ends up – basically she ends up destroying the town by moving her business elsewhere. Uh, She ends up driving the action and and bringing about this final doom that that falls to Kingdom Come. Uh, So that's my third favorite is Mila Jovovich's uh, Lucia in The Claim.
1: That's a great – I can't believe you actually brought up PW. How dare you? Presumed (laughs) winnison? I don't,
2: someone, It might be on Kelly Wan's list. I, I don't know how far he's going to reach. Uh, I will bet you dollars to donate <laughs> one, oh, <laughs> one of the... One of the readers will probably mention
3: it. Please. A uh, listener. Mention side. Oh, my God. What
1: are you... It's uh, a All right. So, Diggs, what would be your number three pick for a prostitute in a movie? All right. Here's a quote from it. Please shut up. I'm trying to come clean, okay? I'm going to call girl for exactly four days, and you're my third customer. I want you to know I'm not damaged goods.
2: Kelly Wand, what is your guess?
3: Mm, it might be PW. It might be RB, though, too. It might be SM. S&M, Stephen Beaumont. Wait, that's SB. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, what's the line? I wasn't listening. It's actually TR.
1: Oh. The, uh, the, the prostitute's name is Alabama.
3: Oh, wait, uh, uh, Zombie Land. Wait, no. TR, he said TR. Clute. Uh,
2: Dead Rising? Now you're just gonna get him guessing anything with prostitutes, cause Clute, I'm sure, is
3: Dr. R one. and the Women.
1: Alright, don't guess anymore. Uh, this no. is True Romance, of course, uh, and the, uh, the prostitute is Alabama Whitman, uh, who becomes, uh, anyway, she gets married later on. But, uh, she's played by Patricia Arquette. Um, and, uh, I love oh. this, uh, this Wait, Patricia
2: Arquette? Isn't it the other Arquette? Or am I messing it up? No, it's Patricia.
1: Dingus Oh, Rosanna Arquette is the Yeah, I'm
2: screwing up my... I'm the one who screwed up my Arquette. Sorry, Dingus, go
1: ahead. Yeah. Don't cross the prostitute screen. screen. What's the
3: one from The Divide? Prostitutes.
1: Yeah, Rosanna.
3: The one okay. from The Divide. Okay, right. so sexist. And
1: Rosanna's that's a Prostitute, that but I'm not, I'm not bringing that up.
3: That's not Prostitute. In that movie? She didn't have a choice.
1: She didn't get any money. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about I RB. About I was I was referencing RB when I brought that up. But That's anyway, Rebecca I'm talking DeMornay. about... That's Rebecca de Mornay. Oh,
2: you're, okay. you're just confused. I confused Rosanna Arquette and Patricia Arquette, Dingus. At least I confused people in the same family. You confused Rebecca de Mornay and Patricia Arquette. Dingus, for shame.
1: For shame. How dare you Boy. say it. Yeah, but they That's both, both begin with R. Anyway, Patricia Arquette, I love <sighs> this, I love this call girl, although it is that sad Quentin Tarantino male fantasy of a prostitute who never has to take a client and then gets married immediately. Um, but I love how tough she is because I love the way she falls for, uh, I think it's Clarence. I think that's what Christian, uh, Christian like. is You it's
2: Clarence in that movie? Isn't it? Isn't it Clarence? That's awful. That's worse than Seaman
1: Beaumont. It Clarence? Seaman Beaumont. I think it is Clarence. Uh, but, but her fight with, um, with James Gandolfini, uh, may he rest in peace, uh, is fantastic because she just does not fold. She, she never gives <laughs> up the coke. that. She has that awesome moment where she, where she meets him at the door and he's like, where's the Coke? She goes, oh, well, there's a Pepsi machine down the hall and my husband's going to be here in a little bit. Um, and that fight is just so friggin' great. Um, uh, I just love that tough little girl that she plays and how hot she is as well. So Alabama women from, uh, true romance.
2: Uh, Dingus. There are a couple of ways you can avoid ever making that colossal mistake again of, <laughs> of confusing Rebecca De Mornay and Patricia Arquette. I understand. I mean, Rosanna Arquette. I just I got
0: under- so excited
2: about the idea that oh, the Arquette sisters play prostitutes. Right now, I understand the confusion. But what you need to do to see how how far these actresses have come is Rebecca De Mornay is is doing some of it like poor uh, Rosanna Arquette in that awful movie, The Divide. Uh, Rebecca De Mornay, on the other hand, there's a terrible TV series on HBO called John from Cincinnati, but she was amazing in it. She looked great. She was really good with Bruce Greenwood. But to really see, oh, Rebecca De Mornay, she is still awesome. There's a, there's a, a home invasion movie called Mother's Day where she and her children basically lay siege to a house of normal yuppies uh, during a tornado. Uh, and she's amazing <laughs> in Mother's Day. Like, like you look at that and you're like, ah, that's what became of that amazing chick from Risky Business. Uh-huh.
3: And that's the script she went. This is, this is what I'm doing next.
2: Kelly Wand, uh-huh. you're, you go ahead laugh until you see it. And then you're going to be like, you know what, Tom? You were right. Mother's Day was really good. I was wrong to make fun of
3: it. I wasn't being snarky. I was. Oh, all right.
2: <laughs> that is the script she chose. Yes. Uh, you know,
1: I I think I'd like to hear uh, see a, some sort of buddy cop movie with Rebecca DeWernay and Merce to Oh <sighs> God, that would be so hot. That why the exact, weren't they in the heat? Exactly.
3: Oh man. Or as I call it, th. <laughs> <laughs> or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Huh. Uh, all right, so uh, Dingus, uh, True Romance, um, Kelly Wand, what is your um, number this is two pick? Do, do you remember what happens, by the way,
1: in True Romance?
2: Yeah, know? the uh, Sunny Chiba is on TV, and Christian Slater has already seen it.
1: But but it's that that moment of uh, no, no, I was hired for you kind of moment that happens. I, I, I had to do that this scene the scene between the two of them in an acting class once but what what happens is which which part were you Dingus? Uh, I was clearly uh, Christopher Walken uh, saying, but your son, fuckhead that he is, left his driver's license in the hand of a dead man. Um, but anyway, uh, the idea that that they wake up the next day or the next night or whatever and and she has to admit to him. No, I. I was hired for this. It's that it's that awkward moment where the prostitute tells uh the guy No. I was hired.
2: Oh Quentin Tarantino.
1: Oh Quentin. The key tea.
2: Uh all right. I mean, You're uh, actually making me think of other great prostitute scenes, Dingus. Although it does well, yeah. <sighs> uh but I won't say anything. What? Kelly Wan. scenes. Prostitutes for movies. <laughs> oh. Okay. Got what it. is your number two pick, Kelly Wan? For?
3: Seaman Beaumont for the extra.
2: Seaman Beaumont is not a prostitute.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I was reading a different list. Uh, uh, on our Crazy Ivan. Tom, what'd that mean? Uh,
2: that's, those, are, those cost extra.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> Crazy
3: Ivan cost extra.
1: Uh, my
3: number two prostitute. Wait, are these prostitutes that we want? We would have wanted to pay that's for That's it's up to you. Uh, Kelly, Wan, do you have something you'd like to share with us? That extra two, Tom. <laughs> Chinese Z-Bone coming. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know what that was. But my number two is also Chinese. Hey, you'll like this. All right, I'll do a line from it. I'll sit him on the phone. <laughs> The blast me by the way, I remember the scene affectionately.
2: <laughs> Kelly we know anytime you do a line, you'll do a laugh like that afterwards. Like I'm that's, admiring my own acting ability. Right, exactly. That's the equivalent of like an actor going scene. You know, you, you do the line and then you give that laugh to basically show, okay, now I'm done. That's just as part of as Whenever
3: I write anything I write, how about that shit to the reader. Like I break the ball.
1: I see you flying into LAX and the cameraman going, Kelly Wand, give us your tagline.
3: Oh, I know it's annoying. I heard, I read. <laughs> don't do it.
1: Can't do
3: all right, it. So I didn't. I didn't catch
2: your line. I don't know what it's from. Can we hear it again, Kelly Wand? Uh, all right. Uh, you crazy? How about that. It sounded to me
3: like short round from uh, last. <laughs> oh right.
1: God! Please don't tell these prostitutes.
3: No, as far as we know, he's not. He does he doesn't take money for it but my number two oh. is what he uses fire it's not it's they have a very its relationship is very common in that part of the world but my number two is uh, uh, Kelly who from payback uh, first of all it's not Kelly
2: who Jesus oh you people you movie illiterate people <laughs> It's Lucy oh, I'm not you know what? Fine. Go ahead, Kelly want Explain yeah, explain Kelly Who
3: in uh Kelly Who in payback. Uh she's a sorceress who's fallen for Dwayne Johnson. No, JK. Uh <laughs> Dwayne Are you Johnson.
2: talking about Lucy oh. Liu like beating, like punching Craig oh. in the face, all that stuff? Yeah. And then telling and, and then telling oh. Mac Mel Gibson, uh, you know, I still have a minute on the clock and he says to her, Go boil an egg.
3: <laughs> yeah. I like that.
2: Yeah, that's Lucy Liu, Kelly Wand. How dare you, Dingus? No, no how dare you it. with Rebecca De Mornay and Kelly Wand? How dare you with Lucy Liu? You guys don't respect women, jerks. Well, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> look, I'm not paying them for
3: their names. Oh. Kelly Who is awesome though. Uh, what, what, that's what? my one. See, I like Kelly Who less than you do. Wait, I like Lucy <laughs> Who. See.
2: Lucy Luke currently has a TV gig I think it's still going, playing Watson to Johnny L- L- Lee Miller oh,
1: Sherlock Holmes But you Hull. want her to drop your pipe huh? <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. What do you want? This is Gandalf the Grey's pipe I am a homosexual advocate
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Remember, Kelly you Who guys need this, uh, Yeah, so that's my one That's the one Kelly
2: Who role I like That she's. It's called. not Kelly Who, stop saying this you're just trolling me now. I'm She's not going to fall. She's the
3: straight. Charlie's Angel. What? Which? Wh- which one was on? Uh, <laughs> Callers emergency.
2: I don't know what that is you're saying, but Kelly, who
3: that was helps. in, uh, well, she didn't oh, she play candy. like Lady Deathstrike
2: in one of the X-Men movies?
3: Yeah, she cracked her knuckles.
2: Yeah. What else was she in that we've seen her in?
3: Wait, we're talking about uh, Charlie's Angels. We'll throw no, oh, oh, Kelly Oh, you're te- you're a terrible person. <laughs> Uh,
2: Did someone put you up to this? <laughs> All
0: right. So, go.
2: any reason that you like the actress from Payback? What? What? Or that role? What made that stand
3: out? Stand out for you? She just seemed like good value. <sighs> but also, she was more than a a, a hooker because she also had a machine gun and she was in that van. And then uh, she and Mel Gibson both try to shoot each other, but they're both out of bullets. Mm -hmm. So it's like they both realized in a way that they're both prostitutes for a larger cause. So that's why it's my number two. Alright,
2: that's an interesting choice. Uh. Thanks, man. (laughs) Appreciate that. My number two, originally... Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Isn't Clark Gregg the guy that played Agent Coulson in Uh, the Avengers? Breaking Bad? Oh, yeah. Is that right? Is that his name?
1: Wait, what's oh. the
3: name of the guy from Under the Dome?
2: It I don't, I don't know. You're talking about TV. I don't understand. But the guy who plays, uh, the guy who double crosses Mel Gibson, I'm, just, I'm wanting to say his name is Clark Gregg, but that's not right because that's the guy who played in the Avengers.
3: Mal. That's the guy's name in the movie. And the
2: book. In, in Payback, you mean? Yeah, or the Hunter. Right. Uh, I can't think of the actor's name. Anyway, I'm confusing him with the guy who played Agent Coulson. Uh, oh, I
3: read a highsmith. I have to tell you about it later. Also about prisoners. All right, so uh, paybacks. Lucy
2: Liu, uh, your number two pick for a favorite prostitute. Uh, Very good, Kelly Wan. Even though you got the name wrong, my number two favorite prostitute, this is from a movie, I didn't realize this, uh, and I'm going to guess it's apocryphal. Well, this this fact is on Wikipedia, so it must be true. This movie was originally uh, worked on, the script, for, for quite some years, and one of its working titles was... The Cut Whore Killings. Does either of you know what this movie was eventually called? Uh Unforgiven?
1: Uh, I have yes.
2: no... seven. Yep, no, nope. Dingus got it. Dingus got it. Really? Oh, I also... have no
1: idea what you were talking about. That's a good yep. choice, but I, I had no idea.
2: Uh David peoples uh who wrote the script uh you know it was he was working on it for a while and that was one of the working titles but what i love about uh francis fisher who plays strawberry alice and unforgiven uh these are uh prostitutes who uh are victimized um but they basically put into motion much like mila jovovich does uh in the claim <laughs> they put into motion this chain of events that causes uh terrible things to happen nearly uh apocalyptic things to happen by the time the movie's over Uh, i love how vengeful they are i love how proactive they are but yet they're having to work within the this sort of male framework you know that that guy who's the saloon keeper or whatever is still sort of slapping around trying to keep them in line uh but they 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 raise the money that eventually gets william money to come out and, and wreak havoc uh in town so uh, I like all of them, but specifically calling out Strawberry Alice, played by Francis Fisher, uh, as the sort of the head of this – maybe <laughs> is, she, is she a madam as well, or is she one of the prostitutes, Kelly Wand?
1: Uh, well, she it's all the same a- thing, uh, according <laughs> to some people. Um, who's the – because I thought about this movie early on in the week. Um, who's the actress who plays the woman who gets cut and then I- hires him? I don't know. I don't think her. I've seen
2: her in other stuff. She doesn't hire him. She's actually a little bit reluctant about
1: that. Oh, okay, okay. And, it,
2: and it's basically Francis Fisher. It's Strawberry Alice who's just, you know, we can't let them do this to us. And that poor cut woman is kind of, you know, she's, she sort of gets railroaded into this. Um, <laughs> but there's that really sweet scene with her, hey. and, uh, uh, with her and, and Clint Eastwood. It's a
1: Western. I can, really, just, I can see her face and her demeanor is so powerful. And, and she's got
2: gonna- that scene where she's offering uh bill money a free one she's like wouldn't don't you want a free one and she's kind of hurt when he doesn't want a free one uh and she thinks it's because her face is cut and no man will have her
3: what's right. she talking about
2: kelly one when when a man and a woman love each other very much or enough sufficient money changes hands
3: <laughs> what other kind is there <laughs>
2: uh, so that's my number two is strawberry alice from unforgiven uh dingus what is your number two favorite not favorite, but give us an, an example of a prostitute from a movie, and uh, maybe
1: a line. Right. Uh, well, sure, I am a for-real cowboy, but I am one hell of a stud. Jeez,
2: dingus! <sighs> <sighs>
1: Kelly, this one's
2: for you, Kelly. You'll, you'll appreciate this. Uh, it's
3: not a... Shot Liberty Valance? You have the gender right. <laughs> oh, crime game again. Are you here? See what
2: happens, Dingus, when you make him guess?
3: I apologize. Wait, wait. Mate. It's uh, Dwayne Johnson and...
1: Young Frankenstein. Who's a better actor, Kelly? Dwayne Johnson or John Voight? <laughs> Which one was in Deliverance? Exactly. So this is Midnight Cowboy, of course. Uh, I just... Um, when I was thinking about this, uh, Joe, that scene where Joe Buck can't figure out how to ask the woman for money, and then ends up it's I think the actress is named Sylvia Miles um but ends up having to give her money in this ridiculous crazy uh odd scene where the woman just throws this tamp tantrum and she gets an Oscar Oscar nomination for this one scene Syl- Sylvia Miles does um uh it's just phenomenal to me I I I'm not a big fan of Midnight Cowboy, but that scene is so uncomfortable for me to think about. If, if you can imagine trying to make a living as a prostitute and then not being able to figure out how to ask for the fact that what we just did was me being a prostitute and I didn't make that clear beforehand. And how are you going to pay me? And oops, I'm going to give you money instead. Um, that particular scene... I love. I mean, I, I think the whole movie is a very good movie. I'm just, I just don't want to watch it again. Um, but that particular scene, uh, I love. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's Joe Buck in Midnight Cowboy. What do you think of that, Kelly Wand?
3: I'm cocking here. Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
3: well, yeah, that's the other one. Uh, why don't? Okay, I guess he said he liked it. I understand why he doesn't like Midnight
1: Cowboy. I, I, it's not that I don't think it's a good movie it's just that it's not something I want to watch anymore I've I I it. seen it once so maybe you're right yeah uh, and well, that it's, was not, good. <laughs> it's not the subject matter it's just that it, in my memory it just feels so grimy and I don't feel like watching that again it makes me feel sad just thinking about watching Midnight Cowboy
2: you know what dingus prostitution can be grimy mm. yes I know uh, Kelly Wand, speaking of grimy, what's your number one pick for a prostitute in a movie? Or a movie about uh, a prostitute? Or a movie involving prostitution?
3: It has to be a movie?
2: It can be uh, a documentary.
3: Yeah, that's true. A documentary will accept. At this point. Here's my quote. Not only do I got all the right parts, I got them in all the right places.
1: Total to recall. <laughs>
3: There's no hookers on
1: that movie. Zapped. She, she has three. That's bo- a hint. That, that woman.
3: Nah, that's Game of the Golden One. Oh, wait. There's three boobs And in... No, wait. Never mind. This podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frankenhooker. Did you guys ever see that movie?
0: Can I say no?
3: symbol. That was. Uh, Bill Murray said it was the one movie to see that year on David Letterman. So, in a way, that's higher praise than Kill Zone 3 got in This Is The End. Is he even in it, or he was just like nah, giving no. out movie tips? No one's in it, but it's about a guy whose girlfriend uh, dies in a lawnmower accident, so he keeps her head alive. Well, he doesn't keep it alive, but he goes around and accidentally blows up hookers and puts their body parts together so his girlfriend come back. So Who's of- Frank?
1: Frank died. You can't play soccer with her head. Uh,
3: it's the guys who made basket case.
2: Yeah. Frank Henlon hotter. Or is that, right. am I saying it right? Henlon hotter.
3: Yeah. It's not quite as intense as basket case, but it's more, um, it's got better production value.
2: I think I have seen it then. Uh, Do you remember
3: anything about it?
2: No. Cause I must've seen it when it was uh, like a long time ago. Uh, Didn't he do this awful movie about the woman who whenever she has sex, uh, has a baby like immediately afterwards? (laughs) what
3: the hell was that? I think that was a bad dream you (laughs) had. That was passionate Christ.
2: No, he did some movie called I can't even think of the name, about a, a woman who, whenever she has sex, immediately gives birth to a baby and she meets a guy who Oh God, what was his deal? Has like a you know 80 inch long penis or there's some weird sexual thing i'm pretty sure it's frank Hen- pretty sure it's frank Henlin hotter's last movie and it was just just <laughs> disgusting but that was kind of that was the joke kelly one you just spelled out the 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 extent of why he wanted to make this movie i think i think that was him
3: well at the end uh, of frankenhooker uh The mad scientist character gets his head taken off by the pimp, Zorro. So then Frankenhooker, who suddenly knows science, like brings him back to life. But since he only had female body parts from the hookers, like he now has like a woman's body. And so it's like the twist ending. So it's kind of like Mary Shelley, but with gender and not electricity. And is this movie at all related to Frank and Weenie? Is that the cereal? <laughs> uh,
2: the movie I'm thinking of, uh, is, is You say his name, Uh And the movie is called Bad Biology. Uh, and he made it after... Oh, 10, right. After, it, it looks like 16 years. He had made Basket Case 3 16 years ago. So uh, for whatever reason, you can imagine, uh, Lauder wasn't making movies, and he comes back and does this god-awful bad biology thing. So, Kelly Wan, you'd probably like it as someone who... I couldn't steer away from Human Centipede 2. Maybe you should check out Bad Biology.
3: I like movies about medicine. <laughs> I want to see Antiviral. I meant to see that this week, and I forgot again. Well, but that's can. my current... Maybe what? That's your assignment. I see it? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, all right, well, my number one pick uh, for a movie about a prostitute... Uh, and Dingus what? Your, well, what? A whole movie about her? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, it's another example of, uh, a character who, uh, she basically brings about the ending kind of. So it's a prostitute who's hired to do something she doesn't want to do, but she does it anyway. And it leads to a chain of events that forces her into a very difficult situation. Um, so it's a movie called London to Brighton, and the actress who you've probably never heard of—I think she's basically done British TV since then. She had a little tiny part in a movie called uh, um, what was that? Oh, Eden Lake. Uh, she had a little tiny appearance at the end of it. Uh, but the actress's name is uh, Lorraine Stanley, and she plays a prostitute who is pressed into service to get an underage girl for a client. And after doing this, it goes very poorly, and she is responsible for bringing the underage girl in to this murderous pimp uh, to basically have this girl punished. And she decides not to, and she goes on the run. It's kind of like – uh that movie, Gloria, where uh, uh, John Cassavetes' wife takes a little child under her wing yeah. to protect it yeah. uh, uh Jeannie Rollins. Jeannie Rollins, thank you. So it's that kind of structure where this previously like, criminal person is going to protect someone younger and more vulnerable from the forces of, of crime, kind of. Um, but what I love about uh, London to Brighton is it is so unglamorous. She gets punched at some point in the movie, and Lorraine Stanley just walks around in a lot of the movie with just this really grotesque like black eye makeup. Um, and at one point, even with the black eye she 's got to make them some money when they 're in Brighton um, and just it 's so kind of sad seeing her trying to work as a prostitute with this grotesquely swollen face, um, and you just get a sense for just how awful the job must be, uh, and just the actress is so good too. Um, so uh, that that would be my favorite example of a prostitute in a movie, specifically because the actress is so good. The movie is fantastic. Uh the director named Paul Andrew Williams. Uh, is a British guy, um, and I, I cannot recommend enough "London to Brighton." That's so a that's, great.
1: That's a really great pick um, because the way you describe what she has to do then calls to mind sort of the. I'm not going to say Byzantium is cartoonish, but the the glam glam example of that with Gemma Arterton going okay we're in a new place now I have to figure out how to make us some money um, I love Linda Brighton and, that, and that's great picture that the way her face looks that's great well, yeah I mean so many prostitute movies do you like I think true
2: romance is a classic example it's that and you even mentioned with the Quentin Tarantino script dingus like so many, you know, it's, it's like Hitman. I mean, it's this like fantasy job that exists right. only in movies in that form. And one of the things I love about London to Brighton is just how, how grim it is. Uh, and another movie yeah. that I, even, even, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say this because I don't think you're gonna pick it for your number one dingus, but one that I considered because I really like the performances, um, are in Hustle and Flow, Taryn Manning and, uh, I'm gonna screw up her name. Teresa P. Henson. I don't know how to say her name. Uh, You're but, lucky. I was very close on that, but oh, you weren't going Yeah. Well, I, the reason I think, like, I love that movie, and I love those actresses specifically. Terrence Howard is great in it, but even that is kind of this sort of warm and fuzzy portrayal of prostitution. Right. Um. You know, they they end up being very supportive of their pimp's rap career. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and it's it's just very convenient and pat. And and even that though, like, it it has this grim take on. You know what it must be like to be in Memphis and be poor, but it's still very sort of warm and fuzzy about prostitution as this kind of fantasy occupation. Um, and in London to Brighton, just does not shy away from just how really grim and gross and horrible it must be. So,
3: right, that's how I felt about Doctor Detroit. Like it kind of gave me a look at the seamy part of
2: prostitution, or of Detroit, or of doctors.
0: Uh, uh. <laughs>
2: I uh... said. <laughs> Dingus, what is your number one pick for prostitution in a movie?
1: All right, mine couldn't be uh, farther away from what you're talking about now, because mine's completely science fiction. Yep. And oh, I thought you were going to pick PW. Oh. PW is, could be science fiction. We're,
2: we're all, of course, talking about pretty women now. So pretty women is not really
3: science. <laughs> the little women. Louisa well, also... May
2: Alcott's pretty women. Yeah, right?
3: Uh... <laughs> Well, it's science fiction because he uses an umbrella to conquer fear pirates. Hmm. So, all right, go ahead, Dingus. So, sci-fi Shh.
1: prostitute. What? Oh, all right, you know what? so I,
2: here's a... The... I... Give go us ahead. a quote,
1: because I bet I'm going to guess it from your quote. Give me the quote. All right, here's a quote from it. Uh, oh, I know what it. You know, for a woman schooled in telling men what they want to hear, you ain't much of a liar. Hmm. So,
2: what? Is he doing... I thought he was going to do like Blade Runner and That's assume what like I Chris was a prostitute, but now I'm thinking he's doing Looper or something. Sounds like dialogue
3: from Looper. No, she's a
1: side-centered pleasure model. She's not a prostitute. She doesn't get paid a thing.
3: All right. It's either Heartbeats or Serenity.
1: It is. It's Serenity.
3: Oh, my God. Oh, geez, yeah. People. What's wrong? I know Western speak. One of my favorite prostitutes prostitute. is from,
2: <laughs> it's from the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I love that show. I I love the prostitute. There's only a movie of it. That's a gigolo, don't you think? (laughs) All right, go ahead. Tell us about your little uh, movie from a TV show, dingus.
1: All right, this is a bit of a cheat because the prostitute in question is actually known as a companion, um, not a prostitute per se. And this is Anara (laughs) Sarah played by Marina. What are you laughing at? I like that girl. Yeah, Marina uh, Baccarin. I don't know how you say her name. (laughs) But a companion is part of the structure of the society of of the surrounding universe, and um, and so she does more than just sex. I mean, she's uh, I don't know how you would say it. She's she kind of nurtures. She's she uh, she nurtures her clients. She takes care of them. But but the idea is that sex is actually a part of that. So she's she fits that profile of this, but I love this character mainly because I love the way she fits. It. As far as Serenity, I honestly don't know the Firefly television show. I've never seen it. Sure you don't. know. Yes. watching the first one, and because Fox botched the rollout of it so much, I was turned off by it and never watched Firefly. But then I eventually watched Serenity, and I was so taken by it that I wound up on my top ten for that year. And I love Uh, I think Anara Sarah is a great character. I love the chemistry that she has with Mal. I think they're, they're wonderful together. And I like the way that she sort of controls her destiny or seems to. Um, and so I, I just love, I love the character. I think it's a really, really cool character. So there you go. It's a little bit different from Tom's uh, London to Brighton. I think they're both in the same sort of idea as far as dramatic. Uh, weight is what? <laughs> what? No way. Dingus, there's no way you're going to say that, that Joss
2: Whedon's little Serenity TV show thing has the same dramatic weight as London. You're trolling me, just like Kelly Wand with Lucy Liu's name. All right, I'm not going well, to listen to you guys future, anymore. The future
3: has different values, and there's no black guys in the future.
1: There's no black guys?
3: There's, there's plenty of black guys there. Uh,. Also, there's an episode of the TV show uh, where... Oh, God. Uh, oh, God. Here we go. Nathan Fillion's wife comes. Uh, uh, that's the best one with the, that character. Wait. You, the, so maybe I like that show. Okay.
1: Do you let us come inside you? <laughs>
3: uh,
1: huh. Um, why? Is this Kelly me.
2: Kelly Wan, do you ever get the sense that Dingus is just kind of like pandering to the nerd listening audience? Like he will sort of throw in some like serenity or Buffy. Is or it Star
3: pandering Trek to go? Yeah, I hadn't watched the TV series. Then I love the movie, and then I still never watched the TV series. That's pandering.
2: <laughs> well, he does it so then they'll send him little emails and say, "Oh, dingus, you got to watch Sur- or the, the t- you got to watch the show, Far- yeah, Firefly. You have to you watch, gotta watch Firefly. Come on, watch the Wire, please. Dingus, the Wire is not nerd pandering. The Wire is quality TV pandering. And I still haven't but seen neither it. Either of you have seen? Right, but I will Only say I have. Firefly and, and Star Trek Deep Space Nine and Battlestar Galactica and <laughs> oh, Fallen so. Skies, all that stuff is just dingus pandering. Uh-huh.
3: Tom knows the names of all of them, but calls dingus <laughs> pandering.
2: And, and and Defiance on the sci-fi
3: channel. Ugh,
2: in long that. Yeah.
3: Uh, or, hey, you watched the entire first season of, what was the Amazon River TV series again? I think it was called The River. The River.
2: Wasn't it called The River? Yeah. I watched the, not, not just the entire first season, Caliwan, I watched the entirety of that show. Every single episode of that show I have seen. It was only one season. But you don't see me putting it on three-by-three three lists, though, by the way. I could choose, you
3: know, Joe That's Anderson.
2: Speaking of, wasn't uh, wasn't Rebecca me? Mornay or someone in there?
3: Meet the no. Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parkers. Oh, good Lord.
2: All right, so there we go. Dingus, <laughs> what do we get? prostitutes do we have from the listeners who are probably very grateful that you brought up one of their favorite shows, Firefly? Uh, what emails did they send in about prostitutes?
1: All right, first we start with Paul Weimer. Uh, best prostitutes in movies? I decided to go with all historical examples. Number three, Veronica Franco played by Catherine McCormick in Dangerous Beauty, manages the trick of making a courtesan a heroine in 16th century Venice. It's anachronistic in character and history, but McCormick is worthy of a Kelly Wand. Thank you. Wait,
3: that's Howard Stern's wife in private parts, right? That girl. It's
1: kind of like a Maria Bello. No, that's Mary McCormick, isn't it?
3: No,
2: that's the president of Battlestar Galactica.
1: Uh, that's a good it's- point. <laughs> number two Sylvia Monica Bellucci in uh, Brotherhood of the Work the Work the Wolf <laughs> the Wolf or uh, Le she's always a prostitute in every movie isn't she notable in that she is a prostitute and a spy with deep connections to the Vatican and beyond a woman who makes a far better ally than an enemy and number one Lynn Bracken Kim Basiger, and Ellie Confidential oh very good Um, A high-class call girl up to, okay, a high-class call girl, I'm guessing, made up to look like Veronica Lake. Her relationships with Bud, Russell Crowe, and Exley, Guy Pierce helped drive the police officers deep into the web of corruption (laughs) and lies. Did he just quote the IMDb plot synopsis? In period Los Angeles. Best regards, Paul Weimer. Uh,
2: Guy Pierce's name in that movie was
3: Exley?
1: Yeah, Exley. It's worse than Clarence. Rick Xley, Remember that guy? 80s? <laughs> uh, you just Rick rolled me. All right, next we have Fred and Lynn, but Fred and Lynn have split their lists. Hey, guys, we, Fred and Lynn, have mm-hmm. gone separate ways on this one. Male perspective, female perspective. Mm-hmm. First, Fred's list. The man always taking the first, all right, Fred. Mm-hmm. Fred's list. Number three, Full Metal Jacket, so honey. Thanks, Fred. Uh, number two, Risky Business with um, with... Yes, Dingus. Yes, yeah, yes, Fred. Our sure, cat. And number one, taxi driver. Okay, Lynn. hold on,
2: Judge- hold on, hold on. Yeah, it's Rebecca De Mornay in Risky Business. Just want to know. And- no, it's not. It's that our sister. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, who's a prostitute in uh, Taxi it's Driver? Foster. Are you kidding? <laughs>
3: <laughs> she got a president. She got Reagan shot from her heart and gold. Is
2: she a prostitute Man, in that? Or she's just of like course
1: some...
3: she's a child prostitute. That's
2: the... No, she's too young. That's not...
3: That's really... Well, Harvey Kite tells her pimp. That's, right. that's why...
1: She's running that's for that's office. My mistake.
3: Tom. Come on.
1: No. To comfortable you, know, you, know, you know TD uh, back <laughs> All right, so now we have Lynn's list. Uh, number three... Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, hey, Ellie, don't laugh like that. You, this, is, this does not validate you in any way.
2: Yeah, she's not everywhere. picking Kaiser,
1: by the way. She's I not. Think like I'm assuming she's not singling out Kaiser. Singling. Mm. Interesting, interesting choice.
3: <laughs> number <laughs> two,
1: <laughs> American <laughs> Gigolo. Yes. Gigolo in every title. I see and number one, Midnight Cowboy. Um the movie Do Bigelow is parodying. Besides Mary <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one is Jonathan oh. J. Lindo Dipratna. De Pr- De I apologize for the way I said that. Uh, so Jonathan, uh, my meta theme, parenthetical sub theme is the films of 2001. <sighs> Excluded as always is Wes Anderson, so no Tenenbaum.
2: What? Um, uh, Margot Ten- I well, of course not. There's no prostitute in that. There's a woman who uh, Gwyneth Paltrow paints naked and then
3: makes out with, but there's no evidence that she's a prostitute. There's no prostitutes in 2001
1: Space Odyssey except the gorillas. <laughs> also off as 2001 the Space Odyssey because that is not what I meant. In addition, I am not selecting scenes or moments but characters because these are all films I love. Final rule, no hearts of gold. If we're taking a trip to the alley, I want dirty and dark and dank. So, just like a hooker on their last John of the Night, I'll get right to business. My third choice is AI, artificial intelligence. I mentioned (laughs) (laughs) these are all films I love. Well, there are! I love when people say what it stands for after as part of the title. (laughs) By the way, uh, Nietzsche's hooker. Sorry. <laughs> Give me all oh, the if really you sorry. want. I can take it. Anyway, there's a gigolo that, like Deuce Bigelow, is an emotionless robotic automaton. He spends his whole life passionless until a robo boy. What? <laughs> That's not what that movie's about. Makes a thing for his mom out of a mermaid? Wait a minute. <laughs> until, until a robo boy with maternal. Random issues warms the likely white hot heart of his, and he helps. <laughs>
3: Dangus, you're mangling this fine <laughs>
1: herbage with your foolishness. And he, um, and he helps the droid and sees the ghost at the cost of his own being. Is not a heart of prostitute, though it is probably some metallic alloy similar strength. And- <laughs> Start all over. You failed. <laughs> I'm not going to. So what? all I have to know is it's AI art. Second what, what is it's? Moulin Rouge, which I would probably put in my top 10 films of all time. But it's a courtesan same? So. I would put that in the top 10, um, actors doing song covers of all time. Cause uh, I will listen to you and McGregor sing that. Uh,
3: they're not acting they really love me when they have sex with
1: me yep the character Satine Kidman, is sick and lost and there's an endless amount of men who want to save her I am just such a sucker for this film that I cannot say much about her S- evolution as a character succinctly but suffice to say that she is one of the first ones I thought of my top choice because it was the very first thing I thought of is Requiem for a Dream ah Jennifer, um, one, she? that she's not
2: a prostitute. Yeah, she, she is. No, she's doing it for drugs. She has to. She's not. It's not a profession. She's money like a
1: one-shot deal. Wait, does yeah. she get money to? Um, uh, Kelly, uh, <laughs> God, oh. For Jennifer Colley, uh, Jennifer Colley, cue Kelly One's angry girl. Mm,
3: not that time. It's kind of sad. That's but see, the one she's that not ruined. She's
2: not a prostitute. If I go out and I drive a truck somewhere, I'm not a truck driver.
1: What are you doing when you do that?
2: I'm driving a truck somewhere. I am not,
3: as a profession, a truck driver. She's prostituting somewhere.
1: You're just the guy driving the truck?
3: Yep. When guys cheer ass to ass in a circle around you, with waving dollar bills, what are you? Besides a podcast. <laughs> cute chick. Oh, no. it's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs>
2: All right, so go ahead. So, so, I, yeah, I take issue with this one, but, but go ahead, Dingus. Read the explanation. Take
1: it's issue. a junkie who has to resort to prostituting her body to pay her habit. Uh, while I think most would cite the ass-to-ass scene as the most memorable for a character, what I thought of as soon as the topic was mentioned was Keith David in his rich bath. Face <laughs> unzipping and unleashing his cock, and looking down into her eyes and stating, "It ain't for air." I can laugh about it, but still, that line reading kind of haunts me to this day. Unforgettable. Wait, that's not the line, is it? It ain't for air.
2: It's also oh, yeah, not. Yeah, a, it. She also, it's not a scene with a prostitute. So there's that
1: as well. A uh, runner-up for oh. Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver, because it breaks my arbitrary year 2001 rule. Also not a prostitute, because she's too young. Go ahead, Dingus. The hooker at the end of Full Metal Jacket, because it breaks my I-have-no-idea-her-or-her-character's-name rule. Charlize in Monster, because it breaks my arbitrary no Oscar bait rule, which I'll just discount. Uh, he's just listing them. Eileen
2: of- Warnos was a prostitute?
1: Yeah, that's the point of Monster. She's okay. killing her Johns.
3: Was the chick from Full Metal Jacket typecast after that role? So, so a long time. (laughs) Or did she go on to do like Macbeth or something? She's in a lot of
2: Merchant Ivory films, Kelly Wand.
1: All right, I'll be happy to come back to this because he brings up three more, but maybe other people will have them. So, there are other runner-ups. So next we have uh, a bunch more. Uh, So this is Mason Misteka. Uh, hi, Tom, Christian, and Kelly. Good topic this week. Definitely look forward to hearing your picks. Three, why not lead up with a spoiler? Shirley MacLaine's Sarah in the classic Two Mules for Sister Sarah, 1970. I remember this movie causing me to have conflicting feelings as a young man. This is a comedy? Was it a spaghetti western? And Shirley MacLaine's outfit in the reveal? Wow. I feel like I need to see that. Yeah, I what the heck? I Run 2, where she's a she can be it more than once, but I had no idea that she had a... Am I going to have to be turned on by Shirley MacLaine? What? Three right, number, number two... <laughs> number two, a quote. The fourth skin job is Press, a basic pleasure model, standard item for military clubs in the outer colonies. Can you guys guess what that Gettysburg. is? Gettysburg. Gettysburg. It is Gettysburg. It's when they, quote-unquote, refuse the line, as they say. Uh, Pris, played by Daryl Hannah in Blade Runner, 1982, although the argument can be made that she's more an elaborate sex toy than a prostitute. Uh, So, uh, go ahead. Discuss. Well, she is more human than human. Leon's a madam. (laughs) Number one, Lucy, played by Emily Browning in Sleeping Beauty. No! No, not a prostitute, not a prostitute. A self-destructive university student lands a job working for a secret sex club. More like a new no. catering service. <laughs> no. <Yes. laughs> More like a new <laughs> catering service at first. But Wait, that's the- a good idea. Hold on. But the no. titular job soon becomes available to her. <laughs> Admit- uh, yeah,
2: that's, uh, that's- her.
1: Admittedly, I watched this after seeing Sucker Punch for the curiosity factor, right. but the premise and the audio in this movie are haunting. This movie stuck with me for a long time. The director, Julia Lee, is someone to watch out for.
2: Yeah, absolutely right there. But I I strongly disagree with Sleeping Beauty being a movie about prostitution. Uh, It it has a weird – like Julia Lee's take on it is – like this is fairly evident early on. It's not a spoiler. But she just literally – they drug her to where she's unconscious, and she sleeps with men. They're not allowed to, like, penetrate her or have sex with her or any of that. Uh, but it's just her sleeping form in a bed while they sleep. Uh, What? Who
3: pays for that shit? It's like the video game. Well,
2: you know, I mean, Kelly, the thing is, it's not so much a sexual thing, but it's still this weirdly deviant thing. Basically, old men who miss being close to youth uh oh. and there's there's a lot of, I know exactly it's not sexual and it's really arresting i mean I, wow that's speak- really scary i mean yeah it's it's very first sc-
1: you made me think of was taken oddly enough because of the drugging thing but but the idea of it being non-sexual is wow
2: <laughs> well it's non-sexual but there's a yeah there's there's a uniquely creepy aspect to it and the way the movie ends like it has i, I really like the ending a lot uh it's a very slow movie it's very weird uh by the way the madam in that or if you'd call her that is this fantastic british actress named rachel blake who is in uh you know the, the london to brighton directors paul andrew williams his most recent movie is something called cherry tree lane and rachel blake uh i i she as an actress she's just fantastic after seeing cherry tree lane so i saw sleeping beauty not because i wanted to see emily Browning naked because there's a lot of that but because of this great actress named rachel blake who plays her handler slash madam um Oh my God, so,
1: that's so disturbing because uh, because of the difference between sexuality and intimacy. Because yeah. forcing somebody to sleep with somebody else is a completely different uh, thing. And that's, oh my God. Well, the whole thing and is, thing she's oblivious. Uh, the whole
2: thing is, it's from her perspective. I mean, not only, like, it's not the movie's a third person thing. It's not, but the, from from her experience, she doesn't have any idea what's gone on. She just shows up, she gets drugged, and she wakes up and has no idea what's happened.
3: Oh my, that is, (laughs) this is, you're making my skin crawl. Well, maybe you guys should watch it.
1: All right, thanks. Sleeping with women's the boring, I kind of like (laughs) that. Thank you, Kelly Wand. (laughs) No, there's nothing boring about that whatsoever. What
3: the hell are you talking about? (laughs) No, after, just the sleeping part? That part's not, well, I think it's more I'm an annoying sleeper to them. Well, you're also not conscious for that part, Kelly Wand. I'm not going to pay them money for them to be annoyed by my (laughs) restlessness.
2: Well, the thing that's is, there right. are there are weird like part of what's fascinating about the movie is how it unfolds the universe of the rules and the regulations and why you can do this and, and what you can do. And so the movie, in a way, is like a procedural. Um, you
3: can sleep at home though. You need a hooker
1: for that. She's not a hooker. She's not a prostitute. Oh,
3: that's right. She's, so Dingus uh,
2: Strike. Who who's in that one? In Dingus,
1: this is Mason Mistaka. Yeah. Well, so
2: Strike. That Stry- actually Stryka makes me think of
1: the the silly. Um, and I'm, I'm certain no one will bring this up, but this brings up the idea of um, Frankie and Johnny because uh, when when Al Pacino gets out of prison, he hires a prostitute. And really, all he wants to do is uh, spoon behind her and go to sleep. Why? Right. Because um, like, like, that's what he did in prison with uh, – Well, no, because he spider. can get himself off. He just wants uh, to hold somebody. My and, and she tell yeah.
2: That's disgusting. <laughs> it's also not a movie. It's, it's not a movie. It's a play.
1: So. Uh, and what's the name of the play? Frankie and Johnny at the Claire de Lune. Very good. All right. In the Claire de Lune. Sorry. In the Claire de Lune. Right. All right. So next, Michael Oberle. Uh, hi, guys. Three top scenes of the prostitutes. Uh, number three, the scene in From Hell where one of the prostitutes, played by, I believe, Leslie Sharp, although I was unable to help check, has a tryst in a dirty alley and has a few coins tossed at her by her client when they are interrupted. Uh, either of you <laughs> seen a from minute. Hell?
2: Yeah, uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, I, I, From Hell's pretty forgettable. It's the Hughes brothers. But uh, what I remember about it is something someone wrote. I think this is in a review. that pointed out that Johnny Depp was hotter than any of the prostitutes in this movie.
3: Heather Graham's not bad. She's the, the female lead, right?
2: Uh, yeah, but Johnny Depp, Kelly Wand.
3: Is hotter than Heather, Heather Graham. <laughs> is he hotter than Amber Heard? Well, let's not push our luck.
1: Hey-ho. <laughs> Number two, the scene early on in Unforgiven when a prostitute, Anna Levine, laughs at her customer and ah. as a consequence gets her face sliced up, which sets the plot in motion. Mm. So that's the name of the actress, Anna Levine. No, I've think... been on
3: that date, but as the
1: laugher. No
3: way it is
1: the laughed laugh <laughs> Too late. No Uh I like the prostitutes in both these movies Since they are depicted as they generally are in real life As older, unglamorous, haggardly And beaten down women With the ludicrous exception of Heather Graham In From Hell <laughs> And number one The me love you long time girl from Full Metal Jacket Played by Vincent D'Onofrio uh, I've added that part She must be the most quoted prostitute in movie history Best Mike Oberly That was Lucy Liu's greatest role. Oh, Kelly Wand, you're a terrible person. What? I don't I don't know prostitutes <laughs> as well as you. Sorry. <laughs> Philip know. Torta. Philip Torta is next. Number three, Jennifer Jason Lee in The Machinist. She has the look of a working class prostitute, and her interaction with Christian Bale is one of the more interesting things about the movie. I totally forgot that. Uh, number two, the Frankenhooker in Frankenhooker. Yes.
0: <laughs> <Got that right. laughs>
1: (laughs) Everything the Frankenhooker does is excellent in this quintessence of lowbrow trash. From her facial tics to her Frankenstein-esque shamble in platform shoes. But the part where the guy pleasing the Frankenhooker explodes and the reaction of Zorro, the pimp, is a highlight. I know what all those words mean. I just don't know what they mean (laughs) put together. She likes pretzels, by
3: the
1: way. And number one... Oh, this is a good one. Oh... This makes me sad. All right. The the Ukrainian prostitute in Eastern Promises. Uh, the scene where she is singing after being forced to have sex with Viggo Mortensen is haunting, bittersweet, and shows the emotional degradation of sex trafficking. Oh, Philip. Well, good, that, number one is a good choice, but you just made me so sad. Frankenhooker. <laughs> Thanks, Kel. Yeah, yeah. Always you, there for you. It's like you showed up and gave me a... It'll up.
3: put you in stitches.
1: What did I give you? Uh-huh. Doing? All right. Uh, Michael Ashley's next. Uh, Helly Kelly, Christian, and Tom. Michael here. A quote from my first pick for favorite prostitutes in movies. Your mom sure does care about your schooling, son. Oh. 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 Forrest Gumper? <laughs> Very good. Otherwise, yeah. <sighs> character literally built on cliches. Sally Field's Mrs. Gump has sex with a school principal in exchange for enrollment for her son, Forrest. Is that prostitution? Nope. Right, Thomas. Okay. Nope. It is oh, not why not? Daughter. She's she's having sex in exchange for something else. That, like that I said,
2: if I drive a truck down the street, it does not make me a truck driver.
1: Yes, it does. You've driven a truck, you've driven a truck, you're a truck driver. It's not my profession.
2: Even if you pay me, dingus, a dollar to drive the truck down the street, it does not make me
3: a professional truck driver. That Wait, is not that is,
1: that's not my job. No, it, we didn't uh, say professional prostitute.
3: We're just discuss- debating the price of truck driving. No,
1: no, no. It doesn't
2: matter. She got paid to do something. No, actually, she there. She didn't get paid. She was doing
3: the sex scene in order to get her son enrolled. But every marriage is like, you take out the trash and we sex Thursday. Oh,
2: well, so see what Kelly Wand has done to your argument, Dingus? So now wives are prostitutes, according to Kelly Wand. Yeah, it's prostitution
1: sanctioned by... The state. The state. State. Right. Pay attention to next week for our Mad Men podcast, in which we'll talk about America's mores. Eels. Eels. Uh, The principal has a loud enthusiasm during the act, and is later mocked by Forrest, who heard it all. Kelly, can you give us that sound effect? Un, un, un. You're not giving the H at the end as much. All right, the moment stands out because it is juxtaposition to an otherwise trite, sappy mess of a story. It feels like it's from another movie.
3: You never know what you're going to get down in there in my
1: mom's poop skirts. <laughs> a quote from my second pick. Oh. Is this your first time with something like me? This is oh, Jude Law playing Gigolo Joe in Steven Spielberg's AI. My favorite scene with the character is his introduction where he comforts a woman past her fears even showing a touching sympathy for her injuries from past abuse before kissing her with the tenderness she paid for. I love the arc. I love that his words, his eye contact, his body language all mask his obvious artificiality. It's a two-minute scene that feels like a short film.
3: I thought you just saying that because he was British.
1: It's fascinating to me that two people have brought this up and I didn't remember that character at all. And now I can see it quite vividly. Uh, AI did nothing for me, um, but it's interesting that these two people have brought up AI and his character. Because I was having a a talk with a friend of mine this week, and her contention is that she can't stand Jude Law and doesn't understand why anybody thinks he's talented whatsoever. But I really think I liked him in AI. Do you guys remember that? Well, the problem is he was upstaged by the (laughs) Robo-Boy. Good point. And finally,
3: dialogue
1: dialogue for my third pick. Fuck off, mate. It's 30 quid. 30 without a Johnny. You're fucking taking a piss. 40 without. All right.
2: Oh, wow. I think, is he doing London to Brighton?
1: This is the Uh, film I saw several years ago on Tom's recommendation called London to Brighton. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it is harrowing and masterful, and the scenes of prostitution are just devastating. So, what yeah. do you think of that,
3: Kelly Wand? Uh I'm getting a little turned on. How many black eyes does she have? <laughs> Jeez. Too soon. Uh, I'm sorry. I
2: remember I uh like seeing as a kid. Dingus, are there
3: more?
1: Uh he's got a bunch of runners up, but go ahead. I remember seeing as a kid. Rubbers <laughs> up the uh, the <laughs> <laughs> rubber's up. Yeah, sorry. Rubber's up. I uh, seen American Gigolo
2: before I was really old enough to appreciate what was going on and there's a scene in American Gigolo where Richard Gere is basically defending like how difficult his job is and he says something you know in a very impassioned monologue about the other day it took me you know an hour to get that woman off do you know how hard that I uh, worked blah blah And I remember thinking as a kid what does it mean get her off what is it what is he doing that what does that mean and why does it take an hour I had no idea. Didn't it what...
3: tick you off that his name was Dick Gear? It didn't. I just, as a kid, was like,
2: "What do you have to do for an hour with a woman?" An hour. And how do you? Because <laughs> that's what Richard Gear is saying: is it took him an hour to get for that woman to get off, or something? I, I didn't do did I did times in an hour. I didn't understand the idiom as a kid. I was like, "What does that mean? What what's being described here?" I don't understand. Were... I'm confused. It wasn't a idiom. That's a good point. It's an R-rated movie. I shouldn't have been seeing it.
3: By oh, the way, pull pulled final on that, and you saw it as a kid. <laughs> I wonder what that <laughs> about you. you. Uh,
2: there are two Vegas prostitutes that come to mind. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Elizabeth Shue. Name the movies. Uh,
3: I know the Shue one. It's an easy one. Heart 8.
2: Yep, I think it's got the other one. Gwyneth Paltrow and Heart 8 and Elizabeth Shue in Leaving Las Vegas. Both have uh, uh, terminal funny. cases of hearts
3: of gold, though. So. Wait, in Karate Kid, she was with another dude. Like the bad guy that Daniel fights, who's going to be prom king? She's a high school soccer
1: player. Stop. Dingus, sometimes they get paid for that. So, there we go. Player, right? uh, Scott Andrews writes MPAA, two Rs and a PG 13. Quote, I'm saying we can stop, get pancakes, and then we'll get laid, all right? Carl Showalter, Steve Buscemi <laughs> in Fargo. Very nice. <laughs> And isn't there a
2: shot of them in the room? Yeah, thinking of a different movie. No, no, it, yeah. it's her on top nice of him, shit. just
1: like like slamming down on him, <laughs> and she couldn't be more bored. <laughs> <laughs> They're like talking to each other. The two girls are like talking to each other across the bed. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, be- picked because <laughs> I I love the static post sex scene of the two pairs watching the Tonight Show in the motel. <laughs> uh, quote. Uh, he had it coming. They all have it coming. Strawberry Alice, Francis Fisher, screaming out the window in Unforgiven. That's some good yelling. And, quote, I want a $100 gift card deposited into my locker room by noon tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Olive Pendergast, Emma Stone, and EZA. Jesus, oh, <laughs> Pete. Good Lord. I'm using hey, a I very inclusive definition of sexual service here. Olive receives gift cards in yeah. exchange for allowing boys to say they had sex with her. A lot of good scenes, lines in the movie, mostly from Emma Stone, but also her parents, played by Patricia Clarkson and Stan oh. Tucci.
3: Oh, it's
2: such, so ingratiating. I, despi- I love both of those actors, but uh, that movie, I just felt so awful for them in that movie.
1: <laughs> really? That was that bad?
2: Yeah, it was pretty terrible. Uh, in Emma Stone, it was just, it's one of those movies where you watch it and you're like, "Oh, she's going to be really good when they when she stops making crappy movies." Uh I mean, Easy A was kind of cool. And it was this weird variation on The Scarlet Letter, but not a prostitute. She's just accepting payment so that people can claim uh she slept with them. Like she's Boy, she's accepting not- she's accepting their uh their gossip. Like she's letting her reputation be trashed, uh, in exchange for payment.
1: So does a woman who, uh, or a man for that matter, who, uh, you pay to have virtual sex with on the internet, is that prostitution? Kelly? Uh,
3: only if you get caught. That came out wrong. Um, wait, I thought it was called Easy because she has sex with an instructor. How does she get an A in a class unless it's sex education?
1: No, she's she's uh, uh, as I understand it, the premise is she's uh, helping nerds get right sexy Yeah, that
3: exactly. title doesn't make any sense though.
1: Her name it's is a, it's a reference. Name.
2: Yeah, and it's just a reference to the Scarlet Letter. Yeah, but that
3: a. makes sense as a Scarlet Letter reference, but it doesn't make sense. Like it's a single entendre.
1: Because in high school, if you have sex or if you've been rumored to have sex, it's basically
3: the same thing.
1: Kellyanne, okay, it's
2: not an entendre, double entendre. Both things don't necessarily have to qualify. You can <laughs> entendre to something that doesn't necessarily qualify. It's just a reference to something. So, easy A is a colloquialism. You know, it's it's an idiom about high school, but here it's used specifically about. Scarlet Letter, the fact that she's not necessarily getting easy A grades, that doesn't necessarily – it's not a flaw in the title.
3: How many guys does she say that
2: to? Uh, She lets them say things like she helps her friend first who's gay, which is actually – that's kind of a cute part is he doesn't want to be seen as gay. So he says, will you please let people think that I slept with you so they won't think I'm gay Um, because he's in high school. eh? Oh. So, no, and, then, and then she... Well, no, she does it because they're friends, and at a party, they go into a room, and they have fake sex where everybody's supposed to be listening, and then he walks out, and everybody thinks, oh, this dude just got laid, he can't be gay. So then she's, she parlays it into a business at, at, at the school.
3: Um, hey, she'll have sex with gay guys.
2: She doesn't have sex with anyone. That's why she's not a prostitute. Oh,
3: it's very confusing. It's a I lot of rules, she... Kelly Wand, I know. Yeah. Just,
1: right, but prostitution shouldn't be that complicated (laughs) Mm. alright we have two more (laughs) Uh, Rhiannon McLean ah here we go hey Tom and Christian but not Kelly Wand since he did one of his groans when you read my email last week Uh, yourself Kelly
3: Wand (laughs) 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 what did I say
1: (laughs) (laughs) let me repeat Uh, yourself Kelly Wand Hmm. so that Rhiannon has spoken
3: I'm not good at reading things aloud so it makes me stupider so I apologize if I mangle your correspondence
1: I I much prefer you when you read them aloud though because on the podcast it's lousy when you don't number three in district nine I'm sorry Rhiannon says here are my three favorite movie prostitutions and favorite has a U in it hmm Number three, in District 9, there are human prostitutes working in the alien settlement. I wonder what they do with the aliens. Director's cut, maybe? I'm scared to make a noise. Number- <laughs> 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 and yet you did. And number two, Freeway 2, Confessions of a Trick Baby. <sighs>
3: Come on, I can't. Oh, you. This is the worst <laughs> foreplay ever. Wait.
1: I mean best. Freeway two colon confessions of a trick baby, trick baby being one word, is meant to be a retelling of Hansel and Gretel, but in this version Hansel and Gretel are escaped convicts who run away to Mexico and huff paint and huff paint and hump corpses. Natasha Leon plays a bulimic prostitute in it. I think she's Hansel. <laughs> What? Wait, i have really lost. I think Rihanna McLean is in a different movie universe than I am. But
2: well, Freeway One was that Reese Witherspoon take on Little Red Riding Hood, wasn't it? Right,
1: with a uh, um, what's his name from 24? Geez. Kiefer Sutherland
2: isn't he in that? He's he the bad guy. Yeah, he's the big bad wolf slash serial killer. I think. Yeah. yeah. So Freeway is it Two, they... Freeway
3: One. <laughs> it is if you've seen Freeway Two. That's not prostitution free. Okay, go on. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, you're going to finish your thought and then I was getting
2: Oh no, I I just I I, no, I did not know a freeway 2 existed, but it sounds like mm-hmm. they they've morphed over to the Hansel and Gretel uh mythology from the Little Red Riding Hood mythology. Interesting take.
1: Okay. So you're ready for number 3? Yep. Uh this scene will have been brought up 50,000 times already. No, it hasn't been Rhiannon, so I wonder... Okay, here here we go. Uh, This scene will have been brought up 50,000 times already. Sabrina, don't just stare at it. Eat it.
3: Jabberwocky. No. It's from from Sabrina.
1: (laughs) Tom! Tom! (laughs) Isn't that from American Psycho? What is that from? Jawbreaker. Don't just stare
3: at it. Eat it. Uh, Laws of Attraction. Eric Stoltz, Sons of the Sandpied Side. No, wait. Back to the Future 2. No, wait.
1: Uh, what
3: was that uh, Jack and the Beanstalk movie? Jack the, the Giant, Giant Killer. Thing? Jack the Giant Killer. Anyway, uh,
1: I have so, no idea what Rhiannon is talking about. I think it's American Psycho, but I don't remember.
3: I don't remember him saying that. All
2: right. Maybe this I'm crazy. Says it too. Maybe it is from Sabrina, then. I thought she was good. At, so she's, she's picking something without telling us the freaking answer? Rhiannon?
3: That's rude. I don't think it's rude, so remember that when you uh, next
1: week. <laughs> uh, okay, so do, do we not have any guesses besides my weird? Uh, I don't. I don't know what it's. I, I, I. I'm guessing Sabrina. Okay, Tom guesses Sabrina. I guess American Psycho. Kelly, you Grand guess. Dragon Slayer. Dragon Slayer. Okay, good. All right, there we go. <laughs> and finally, our last uh, our last entry comes from Fire of QT3. Hi guys, my top three prostitutes in movies. Number three. Uh, Chayo Sakamoto and her sister Satsu are sold to a woman that runs the Geisha House in Memoirs of a Geisha. Chayo is selected for a life of Geisha training at the Okayu, Akaya. I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing these names. Uh, but her sister Satsu is rejected and instead sold into low-class prostitution, where she lives in squalor and lacks basic necessities. Chayo's grief. Uh, grief and guilt or what happens to her sister in the pleasure district eventually drives her to attempt to run away with Satsu.
2: What movie is this?
1: Memoirs of a Geisha. Oh,
2: right, right. That's uh, a book. <laughs> Not a movie, a book. It is. Uh, are, geishas aren't prostitutes, though, so it's just a failed Geisha that she's... Memoirs from. aren't movies.
1: <laughs> well, th- this is what I thought about when I was using my number one choice of um, Inara, is that she's a... Uh, What's the word again? Companion. She's a
2: companion, dingus. I like the way you're pretending that you don't watch Firefly, but she's a companion.
1: But a companion seems to be the way it's described, more like a geisha. Although I think sex is involved, it also has to do with uh, sort of psychological nurturing. So, um, did you did you guys ever read memoirs of geisha? Please. So that's that. Terminator. Okay. I don't read books about. I didn't care for the movie, but uh, I remember the, the book was okay. It just it's weird to read that much of a story from the point of view of a male.
3: Wait, I thought it was from a, from
1: Agisha's point. Of I mean, I'm sorry, not a point of view, but written by a male from the point of view of you know. Wait, I, think I, it was... I
2: did read Snow Falling on Cedars. Do I get any credit for that?
1: You did. I saw it. I give that one up. One arm up.
2: Oh, too soon.
3: Oh, that's... Spoiler and too soon. One-eyed monster up.
1: I, I read The, the Lover. Yeah, and... Uh,
3: uh, the Need Scenes. I've watched a, a scene from The Lover several times. Which one? one? Jane March.
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Oh, interesting. All right, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. What are Fire's other two picks? Did you have three for us?
1: Yeah, number two, Crime and Punishment has been made into tons of movies, but I'd like to point to the 1969 version in the original Russian. Raskolnikov, I love to say the word Raskolnikov. Oh, by the way, 1969 was also uh, Midnight Cowboy. Uh, so Raskolnikov um, falls in love with Zanechka uh, Marmeladova. I apologize, fire. Dingus, uh, uh, let's give that one more run. Let's try it right. again. Sonechka Marmoludova, a shy and introspective woman that had to sacrifice everything she had, including her self-worth, and become a prostitute in order to support her family. Her selflessness causes Raskolnikov to kneel before her and cry some version of, it's not you to whom I bow down. I bow down to all human suffering. I saw this movie when I was a teenager and can still recall the darkness of the apartment in that scene and, in the end... The solidarity with which she arrives to see him off, her suitcase in hand. Uh, I saw a Is you're, that gonna what she's about? Next, you're gonna be next week's. Um, I exclude Kelly. One, uh, We'll start with fire. Oh, everyone hates me. Fuck. No, it's because they love you so dearly. No, mm, it's fine number one in the 1970s the People's Republic of China was undergoing a cultural revolution did you guys know that? cultural
3: mm-hmm. revolution
2: I was I was busy Ed's. playing with the Star Wars figures I don't
3: know. I was reading about
1: geishas in preparation for the game <laughs> Part of their revolution involved sending children away from their homes to work on the land. Juju, age 15, was promised to return home after her one-year assignment, but she quickly discovered that was a lie. Her desperation and hopelessness led to Juju into prostitution and rape. Juju, the sent-down girl, contains the most heartbreaking portrayal of descent into prostitution that I have ever seen. Thanks for the podcast, and as always, your loyal listener, Fire. Juju, the sent-down girl. I think I've may mm. even heard of that. I have. I don't know if I'm saying Juju right, but I remember the sent-down girl. I killed her in yeah. D&D. <laughs>
2: uh, is it Julia Delphi's character in Killing Zoe, doesn't Eric Stoltz just, like, order her from a call line? Because he comes to Paris to do a bank robbery, and doesn't he, like, order a prostitute beforehand, and it's... And, uh, Julia Delpia's Zoe, and killing Zoe, or am I misremembering that? I don't remember. So I think oh, she so did prostitutes. Oh, yeah, you should see the so thing that is. I, And I think there's even these weird, which I didn't understand at the time, they juxtapose her showing up uh, to basically sex Eric Stoltz with shots from the old black and white Nosferatu. Really? I'm not sure I'm not sure what point was being made there. Mm-hmm. I could be misremembering. Uh, other runners up from you fellas. What do you got? I, I
1: don't have anything.
3: Kelly Wong? I had Shelly Long in Night Shift, but I wasn't sure if she was in my top three. But I really, it was in the 80s, and it was just interesting to see Shelly Long play a prostitute. Like, as Diane Chambers, kind of, I thought. Did that confuse it's not you? really clear. Mm, twice. <laughs> I think he sees Harry was like scooping at her ass at one point and then he, he starts to sweat so he has to like wipes one off his crib with toast. I remember thinking that was funny <laughs> Wow. What? But in cable guy who's a prostitute, but you don't know if she's a prostitute till later. And then uh I thought she wouldn't have been a prostitute if she looks like that. That's right. It took me out of the movie. cable okay, well,
2: No, I don't have any. <laughs> All right. Well, Kelly Long, then what do you have for us next week for 3x3?
1: You, you know, now that uh, I think about it, I really do love the prostitute who originally shows up in Risky Business, who uh, who he's surprised by, who is, I think, a transsexual. I'm not sure what the term would be. He gives him her number. Who says, okay. And who just, it's, it's sort of this weird little compassionate moment. It's like, Here this is what you're looking for, and he goes, how do you know? And he's like, this is what all boys who live in the loop are looking for. (laughs) Why do you
3: have trouble finding...
1: Why isn't her number in the... Okay.
3: They... Okay. (laughs) We
2: might have to watch... Oh, yeah, we might have to watch Risky Business to resolve these, but in the meantime, what do you have for us next week for our 3x3? Uh...
3: Best Seductions. But I'm taking Morgan Fairchild off the table. (laughs) Hmm. Dingus,
2: how do you feel about that one? Hot.
3: (laughs) It's too similar,
2: huh? Well, you know, I think we're going to get a lot of material out of uh, the movie we see
3: next week, which is Pacific Rim. (laughs) (laughs) In Bangkok, it's like 30 baht. (laughs) Uh, all right, so uh,
2: next week, join us. We will see Pacific Ugh. Rim, um, a.k.a. Guillermo del Toro's Transformers, as near as I can tell. Uh, but we uh, – you know what? Who knows? We'll see it. We'll find out. We'd love for you to join us when we talk about it, and then we will do our 3x3 three three of best seductions. If you would like to participate in the 3x3, three three, send your picks in to 3x3. Three three, that's the number 3, the letter X, the number 3, at quarter to three dot com. We'd love to read your picks on the air. Uh And then join us next week. I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Dolinsky. It's
3: Christian Morosky.
2: I don't think that's right. And Kelly Wand.
3: Capricorn One prostitutes. Oh. Uh have uh, been uh, here uh, for quite a while. i the hole just passing time. Last <laughs> time we
2: met. making those dismissive noises about uh, Rhiannon McLean again Kelly Wand
3: yes that's what I was doing no I wasn't there was Farrah Fawcett a prostitute in Saturn 3 no
2: oh so you don't remember Saturn 3 the whole point in Saturn 3 is that she's in love with Kirk Douglas but they've grown up together on Saturn 3 so when Harvey Keitel comes there from Earth where there's no, none of this like relationship and commitment to people. Everybody just has sex with everyone. Harvey Keitel is resentful that she won't have sex with him. He even says to her, like his line to her is, You have a very nice body.
3: I would like to use it. <laughs> Wait. Like, no, no robot. Regardless. If the robot watches, it's extra, right? I don't remember that part. The robot's by. not interested. Kelly Wan, that's
2: just weird. No, yeah, I thought
3: he was. What? He, he holds her up by her hair or something. is no name in the poster. He picks her up by her
2: arms at one point, but that's after he's I been, think. basically, uh, he's assimilated um,
3: Harvey Keitel's, like, lust for her. Get get Who?
2: what? Because I said the word assimilated? Do you think words <laughs> yeah. or something?
3: Ah, stop saying it. It's getting me uh, sweaty. Hot. Uh, I- Uh, <laughs> music talk <laughs> Very appropriate Wait, is Saturn 3 that movie that ends With someone saying It's a cock book
1: Sick reference, dude oh, David Gordon Green I get it now Green, we just tied